Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley Harley Davidson, Early Motorcycle Tires Australia, and TCX Boots. Yeah, I'll let you run with it, Ferg. Perfect, Mick. Uh, yeah, welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience. We've got a, uh, a slightly different format here today. Um, the special guest at today's Talk and Chatter Experience is a gentleman by the name of Willie. Uh, sorry, uh, by the name of Mick. Welcome, Mick. Oh, started on the back foot. Uh, you tricked me with that one. Yeah. Uh, Where does the nickname Willie come from? <laughs> Look at the table. My hands are sweating. <laughs> Look, the idea, I'll, I'll interrupt again because it's one of my special skills interrupting people. Right. Mick, the idea behind this is obviously uh, who is Mick? Yeah. Um, you, we see you on Talking Chat Experience. We see you around racetracks, events, et cetera, et cetera. And we thought, hey. Let's do who's Mick. And Mick apparently is Willie. Uh, back to the original question. Yeah. Where did the, where did that come from? Willie, um, I quite liked rugby league as I was younger. Um, and I still like it, but I liked it a lot more when I was younger and played it and everything. There's a player called Willie Kahn up here in Queensland. He was a winger. Um, used to get mad concussions, actually, but he was my favourite player. Okay. Um, not because he got concussions either, <laughs> just that he did. Sadly, because it probably dropped his career short. But, um, yeah, I got this hat, a Willie Kahn hat, because that was the representation of, you know, my favourite player. Like, I want to be on Team team Willie. So this was 19... when you were 20 or? No, 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 mate, no. Nah. Like 1995 probably. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Uh, 17, 18 years ago now. Um, Sorry, do that math again for me, mate. 1995 and the year is 2022. Yeah, sorry, 27 years ago. <laughs> Add so, we've, 10. so we've just found out something else about Mick. His uh, math is uh, is not the strong suit, apparently. No, well, this is actually the wrong thing because I've done engineering math. <laughs> so <laughs> math is real good. English, not so. But um, damn, yeah, I was just, just a decade out. Yeah. But yeah. It's just part of the nerves, though, here. Like, I'm sitting why? here. So, set. why? That's an interesting thing. Yeah. <clears throat> We've obviously spoken about doing this for a little while now, and, yep. and you know, life gets in the way of us having fun. Mm. Um, why would you be nervous about doing your own podcast? Because um, I like control. Mm. <laughs> like, there's just no doubt about it. I, I like control. Yeah. I like my own situation, my own environment to work. And uh, if I'm going to be put on the back foot, like being the first question, like where's Willie come from? <laughs> I, sorry, I, I just thought that was uh, That's good. kind of an obvious question. I did, uh, you know, as you know, I yeah, uh, I spent a bit of time with your lovely partner, Annie, just asking her a few bits and pieces and, you know, she didn't want to throw you under the bus more than 15 or 20 times. Yeah. Um, and she said that. She goes, you know, straight up, Fergie, you got to ask him about his nickname when he was a kid, you know. It was weird because, like, I got branded straight away. Like, I moved to Queensland. So I moved from northern New South Wales up to here. Um, I liked the, uh, the Tigers down when I was living in New South Wales and moved up here. Everyone liked the Broncos. They were five years in at that time. And everyone just loved the Brisbane Broncos. It was, it was, it was sickening, to be honest. <laughs> but... Anyway, we got here, but Willie Khan played for the Brisbane Broncos and he was just a player that I identified with. And then uh, what happened after that? Oh, that's right. I wore it to school and everyone just called me Willie. And like my close, close friends from that early school still call me Willie. Um, just not even to take the piss anymore. 
It's just that they're just stuck. stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's where it stayed from. And we're talking 27 years on and there's about oh, two or three. I, I still got a good friendship base with those friends, yeah. but there's still two or three that will call me that regularly. Very cool. Which very is just cool. from a hat, which, yeah, brand identity. So um, that's actually very cool. And when you're talking about rugby, then I had no idea what you were talking about. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. For yeah, I was trying to really get into it with you because eh? I knew <laughs> <laughs> I could have said anything. Then. <laughs> oh, yes, Nick. <laughs> hey, um, look, this is about just a quick yep. catch-up and now quick catch-ups tend to yeah. not really be that quick. But so the who is, Mick, you know, I know you – I uh, met you maybe four or five years ago mm. as a result of a dust hustle. Yep. Uh, and have the pleasure of, you know, working with you, riding with you. Yeah. You know, speaking absolute crap with you uh, and, and, and enjoying motorcycles. I guess where I was going there is, you know, um, I met you at a motorcycle event, which I think we both agree is one of our, you know, yeah, one of our favourite. Where 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 does motorcycles? How does how did you get into motorcycles? It's just my dad, and like he's my best best mate too. With with it, um, nineteen eighty seven, uh, I was three years old, and dad got me a P. Well, mum and dad uh, got me a P. W. Fifty for Christmas. Um, yeah, and I actually didn't want to ride it, so I I, I remember sort of bits and pieces of it vividly. Don't remember much of that era, but there's certain things that stand out about my childhood. And I think this is probably anyone that's into motorbikes. Their first few rides, they really, they remember it more than the first day of school, you know. Um, but I didn't want to ride it. I got it for Christmas. I was overjoyed. Um, it was awesome. But uh, I, I am a nervous person sometimes, and you've seen that with certain things. Uh, and it probably even as a child I must have been. But... Dad jumped. We we live next door to a bike store. Everything, so we're pretty into bikes. So where, whereabouts? This is Ballina at this time. Yep. So, grew up. I uh, I was born down in Wollongong, where mm. most of the good motorcycle races usually come from. Annie may have mentioned something about <laughs> calling yourself the Wollongong Wiz or something like that. Oh, that? maybe. <laughs> well, we got we just had Wayne Maxwell in here. We've got Troy Corso, Wayne Gardner, um, Glenn Allerton's from around the same area. Yeah. Like it's uh, it's pretty motorcycle heavy factory. Heavy, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I did say this to Wayne in the podcast. Is like I was born in the same spot, but we must have just went two different ways <laughs> with food and everything, you know. But um, yeah. But aside from that, so we're up in uh, northern New South Wales. My dad uh, had bikes all through the seventies. Like you think of like the first seven fifty four to Z one R Kawasaki Z one thousands. Like rode everything through that era. Track days weren't so much called track days back then. They were more club days. So racing club days and all that sort of thing. And uh, he probably wanted me to get into bikes, I guess. I've never really spoken to him about it, but um, it was just the natural thing. So got this peewee, loved it, but it was probably three weeks I didn't get on it. And uh, he's like, I'm going to sell it. And I carried the big tantrum on, you know, it was on the back of the trailer, it was going for sale. Um, and, yeah, the next thing we went out to the uh, Willow Park is what it was called. There's a motorcycle track down there, a flat track. And uh, like that was where our weekends were spent. Every weekend we were out there because all our friends raced flat track. And he goes, we'll take you out there. If you don't ride it, we're selling it. Mm -hmm. and, and money was 
probably something that this is the other side where it's like we probably prefer the money than you know you've got to use this because it's not an investment this is going to sit so we, we went out and he jumped on the back with me and uh, I was a bit smaller obviously then and uh, he jumped on the back and uh, yeah the next thing he jumped off and I hadn't even realised and um, we still got photos and everything from that Very day cool. and uh, you know I was let loose on the flat track at that point and uh, never really looked back from there excellent and that was 987 how old would you have been? I'm three. testing your math again here. Three. Are you sure? Yeah, or 13. Yeah. No. <laughs> Ten years. No, I was, th- I was three years old, so Christmas Christmas 87, just so, nearly four. So Ballina, you, how long were you in Ballina? You, and, and you also said just then um, you lived near the bike shop. And I'd, yeah. Yep. I, I have a uh, – I've moved – I'm 38 currently. It's a round number for number how many times I've moved. So we lived in lots of different houses, lots of different areas. Um, but quite often, like, we'll move a street away or something. So, oh, so around? Around the same area yeah, or something okay. like that. But we, we did live in Sydney for a fair while. And even in my adult life, I've moved a little bit sort of thing. And uh, But it's always been something. I probably, I'm not a stand still type person. And I guess my parents may not have been as well. But where there was opportunity or there was work was where you lead yourself to and and you know, since we first met, that's how it started. You you asked me about coming up here to do some work. I was living in Lismore at the time. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't care where I travel to to work. So probably the same as my mum and dad at that point too. But, uh, yeah, I was living next door to Seaside Motorcycles, which is on uh, oh, River Street, Ballina, or Moons, River Street, Main Street of Ballina anyway. It was where the highway used to pass through in Ballina. I lived in the house directly next door to there. Um, my best friend lived three streets away his dad plus uh, his uncle plus another gentleman owned the shop and uh, we were lived in the house next door that had the storage shed for the motorbikes as well yeah, so it had to sort of happen but you didn't really stand a chance did nah. you yeah. uh, I, was, I was in and uh, if it had wheels we, we, we were just on it yep. so yeah that's where I was your father still rides yeah. now I uh, met him out at uh, QR, mm, mm. QR, one of the dust hustles, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he still he's been to dust hustle and he's done the QR thing as well. But uh, he does. He's uh, 65, 66, somewhere around that. Um, he rides better than me. Like I don't, I'm not saying I ride great, but I, I feel pretty confident as a as a road rider and everything. It, there's another name that you go by. Yeah. Um, Factory Mick, I Factory mean, Mick, which yeah. would indicate you've got a little bit of skill in stretching the throttle cable. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are, what are we with? 35 years, you'd hope by now yep. you, 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 you get the basics right. Um, still very inferior on dirt. That, that's my uh, – it's terrible compared – road I'm very adapted and very comfortable and stuff. Yep. But I ride with my dad now and he is still even, you know, at 65, 66, a better rider. Just not so much oh, – it's not safety or anything. Just I see his lines and everything that he does. And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. That's and he's been through cool. a fair few stuff, so it's pretty pretty awesome to do. That's very cool. So, yeah, I enjoy, the, I enjoy the rides we get to go Must on. be good fun, you know, just oh. getting out and, you know. Oh, it's unreal. Meeting the local constabulary uh, with your uh, with your father on yeah. the bikes. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 unreal. And like same thing. Like our last, probably our last big 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 ride was a three or four day. Um, 
think we compiled it into three or four days, but it was about 5,000 Ks or something. And um, we went up through like, you know, like a semi-tornado. I was on a proper adventure bike and uh, Dad was on a Triumph Tiger uh, Sprint or whatever it was, a sort of sports one, still 17-inch road tyres, like a set of Pirelli uh, Rosso courses or something. And uh, went up through this mountain range in the wet, in the mud, clay, and, um, yeah, I couldn't see him. And I was on a set of adventure tyres. That's our job. Yep. How good's that? Yeah, it's good. And That's safe, good. you know, I just, yeah, he's just good, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Just got a feel for it. Got a feel for the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, perfect. Hey, um, so Ballina. Yeah. Living next door to Seaside Motorcycles. Yep. Um, were you one of those kids that used to stop on the on the walk home from school and just peer through the window and leave fingerprints all over the window for the people to clean off the following day? Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah like and we we're sort of like a one bike shop town. Yep. Um, and and a one a small town where everyone sort of knew everyone. Um, but I was, I was really lucky. Like I got to be in the back of the workshop as a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, Friday afternoon. I've mentioned a few times on the podcast and that as well. But Friday afternoons we'd sit there and. Dad and a group of mates were all probably having beers and stuff. You remember those nippies, um, iced coffees and ice breakers? This might be explain no, like 115 yeah. kilos. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> this might be a, a northern New South Wales or a southeast Queensland, maybe not a Victorian. Oh, that's sponsored by yeah. the sponsored with the Broncos and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember the like I, I've got a real memory of weird stuff. It's, it's strange. I don't know what it is, but I remember being a kid. They had you know beer fridge. You put your 20 cents who would know at that, that you know 1989 to sort of 1993 mm. um and then there was the kids one because they're all everyone was having kids at that age and stuff and uh we have like a nippies ice chocolate thing or whatever and we'd just be riding around and round and round on the push bikes around it mm. so we had where where seaside is is there's a main road which was the highway then there was a back lane and then another back lane and then it was my house so we had like a bmx track around it yeah and through the back of the shop, just looking at everyone working on bikes. And it was a very flat track centric club. So, you know, the two owners were racing Australian dirt track titles at that stage, which is Mick's dad that you met on the weekend yes. and his uncle. And Joe Fisher is another one was doing it as well. So they were all racing and building race bikes, you know, after work hours. And we were watching that happen and doing our own flat track. I was never a motocross kid, but doing our own flat track on BMX bikes around the bike shop around the tyre store, around those barky and just trying to be as fast as you can. Just fully tragic from yeah. a very early age. Yeah, we were yeah. on. You know, <laughs> it, it, could, it could not be. And that, that group of people went on to, you know, trying to race different bikes and that for years and years after that as well. Yeah, good. good. Mm. Hey, um, so how did your flat track career go? Was it to the same standard as your, um, your road racing career that you were nah. talking about? Recently. With me recently. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not really. And, like, so I got the Pee Wee 50. Um, got a couple of, like, you know, your little trophies. It's probably what they call nowadays, like, uh, participation trophies. But maybe not. I don't know. But it, it does say third place on it. And I've got a video that says, you know. Third right? place. That's all right. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, there's a video that I've got at home and it had, um, like, Brock Parks. that's race world super sport. He was in the 60s when I was a 50. And there's some pretty credible kids starting to come through that rank in that sort of era. And um, so in my race at that time, I had uh, Chris and um, Anthony Quinn, who raced Supersport, Aussie Super, like 
well, you know, well-to-do races yep. and, and, and gradually went through and stuff. So it was never anything like that. But got to have a ride with those people, do flat track. And Dad, like, we'd go out on Tuesday and Wednesdays and Mick, that you know, I'll keep mentioning Mick because yep. he's a big part of my childhood, but we'd go out and just cut laps. So my dad would mow the place and look after the facility, Richmond River Motorcycle Club and we'd just be able to ride. Like we're in yeah, the era of free insurance where we have the keys to the facility and just ride and ride and spin laps around this flat track and I knew it off the back of my hand. Then I got an extra. I don't know if dad was real keen on me racing, to be honest. I, I don't never really spoken to him about it, but when everyone was transferring over to things like KX60s, I got an XR80. Yep. So um, still did like club days and stuff on it and raced it and did all that. But you're never going to compete with like your KX60s and I probably didn't have the desire to do that either. But I had a few friends that went and did it and got to ride those bikes as kids. And like this day, like a KX60 blows my mind that at, I was probably, I got my XR at sort of six. Um that you could buy a KX60 for a six-year-old and just let them go and they'd ride it. And, mate, I get on one now, still Ferg, and I think it 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 still shock me, you know, little 60-cylinder, uh, 60cc two-stroke. Yep. It's a little piston that spins pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Has that so, got that power band fit yeah, to it? Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, and, and that was it. Like, and, and it, it's been a little bit to the detriment of, of the modern rider in me now doing all that flat track, like, that was my routine, basically. I knew that circuit so much. Uh, now I do like the adventure tours I do, standing up, uh, anything like that's real foreign. The, yeah. the basics of riding, it all comes back to those foundations of that. I need to tell myself something different. You know my thoughts on standing up on adventure bikes and stuff like that. If you uh, if, if you weren't meant to sit down, why do they put a seat They're on? not trolls bikes, eh? No. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, to, to answer that though, but and, and then... We moved, we, we, we sort of broke away from Ballina uh, in 93. Yep. Uh, we came up to Queensland for, for my um, dad's work. Um, didn't know Zip, like just come here. Um, we sold my XR down there and I didn't really ride too much. One thing was money, like it was expensive to have motorcycles and stuff and oh, we yeah. were starting a new life in Queensland. Uh, so I didn't do it, but I rode push bikes then and just that replaced the motor, we never did replace it I always wanted one every year but uh it wasn't until um i got a job yeah and, and did it which yeah. is the same as everyone else and um yeah and then we we got to there and you know um it's not through want and desire that my parents didn't want me to get a motorbike at that time it was just um paying the rent or whatever yeah. it may be was the more important thing yeah, yeah. life gets in the way of life having gets fun in the way, yeah. you know yeah. but uh at the same time all those people that we had relationships with and you know, family, friends for our whole lives and, and still to this day, we'd be at dirt track meetings in Gunnedah and uh, Kempsey, um, Raymond Terrace. Like, we'd still go to all the meetings and support it, just so I wouldn't ride it sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, so rode it as much as we could, rode bikes whenever we had a chance to and then um, at a certain point when I got to the age where I could buy one and fund it myself, I went and did it. So when was that? What age were you when you... Uh... 17. And what was the next bike? What was the bike of choice? So 17, and this is where... Sorry, I'm, I'm going to interrupt because it's one of my skills, interrupting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have very few, but there's one that I'm good mm -hmm. at. But um, so it's 17 still at school or 17 uh, working? Yeah, a bit of both. So I'll just, just touch the back of the um, of the Ballina thing. Yep. 
even to the stage of things like uh, distinctive memories there is there's a, um, a fellow, Dean Webster, that I grew up with down, down there. Like, we were lucky. Like, we had Christmas Day at the at the motorbike track. Yep. Like, just think, like, the memories like that, that's, that yeah, that's, it was unreal. Yeah, like, they're so cool. vivid. Like, Mick and I going out and riding of an afternoon there with, you know, he's, he's like, my dad and whatnot. Um, yeah, like, it, it becomes so much second nature. We, we've probably done thousands of hours probably riding there. So right, that, yeah, riding around yeah. after school. After school, you know. On the weekend. Everywhere we could, just, everything yeah. we could. So that was that was really cool. And then to give that up dry, come to Queensland, not know anyone, be a ginger. Um, Which know. goes to another one of the, the nicknames that um, uh -oh. I don't think has been discussed. Yeah, but okay, sort of ginger and your love of Kawasaki sort of merged in oh, together. Yeah. yeah, I get where yeah. this is going. <laughs> but yeah, you come you come to Queensland, and especially that day, like in 1993, like there's no filter, you yeah. know. I was a New South Wales kid that loved dirt bikes that knew no one up here that was a ginger. And it was like, man, it was, it was a tough initiation into that first year of school, schooling yeah. up here. And, um, but got the Willie Khan hat. Got the Willie Khan hat. <laughs> you know, and this has been, you know, quite vulnerable. Like, not vulnerable, but that's how it was, yep. you know. So, um, yeah, but uh, that was the childhood thing. Yeah, as you say, in, in times are a little bit different as well. It's, yeah. Um, you you know, build a filter. You it's know. just sticks and stones. Yeah, that's right, you yeah. know. So, and, and then, you know, so that was the, the, the whole childhood thing. It was going around dirt tracks, everything like that, until that 17, like you mentioned. 17, and you... Um, and yeah. you bought a bike. Yeah, I went and got a credit card, as you do at 17, you know. So I <laughs> went and got into debt. So um, made a real mistake with that probably. But, hey, you need to figure these things out early. Yep. And uh, I did. And uh, I went out and bought a – I was working. So I, I just came through on the cusp of school-based traineeships. So my school that I went to, my high school up here, Springwood High – um, they oh, so real local. Real local to here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. once we moved up here, we we moved into lots of houses up here, but yeah. we stayed in the same area. Yeah, yeah about that. Um, but we yeah went to Springwood High, just at the top of the hill from up here. Um, they just built a purpose-built workshop, hoist, um, you know, everything. Like we had like 30 Briggs and Stratton motors. We had to pull them down, oh. learn how to do timing, learn how to do everything. Like it was a proper proper workshop, rebuild cars, rebuild the teachers' cars, everything, you know. Yeah. Um, it was cool. And that was when you got out of grade 10, that was for grade 11 and 12. And I was the first, I think it was the first year or might have been the second year of doing that. So you'd go there, do maths and English, and then you'd have two days of your apprenticeship out somewhere. So mine started... Oh, so on-site, on -site like coming place. here and, and, yeah, correct. and spending a couple of days here or a something A couple like of that. days, yeah. Yep. So, And it elevated you when you finished your two years of doing your mechanical stuff at school plus your two years of that, you basically jumped into like your second and a half, nearly your third year of your me oh, mechanical cool. apprenticeship. It was, yep. it was awesome. And yep. mine was at Logan City Council for the plant fleet services because I wanted to be a diesel mechanic. Yep. So I went out to Logan City Council as a 17-year-old you know, kid in... And, and rebuilt the councillors' cars and... Oh, well, plant. <laughs> plant. We, we, yep. More plant. So yep. we were like uh, earth moving. So oh, okay. we'd be at the rubbish tip. They had like, um, you know, uh, a big Tana. Tana is one of the brands of the machines. I've never seen one since, but it was a big uh, compactor. We compacted the rubbish back in the day when they were doing that. Mm. So we'd have to go out there and service it, do all the oil analysis, um, change, you know, change all the filters, just the basics of that sort of thing there. 
But then the other things would be like uh, painting trailers and just a proper apprenticeship where you did everything. And yep. uh, I did that for the two years of being, and it was paid. It was $4.73 an hour. Uh, How's so, your memory? Yeah, your weird. memory is next level, apart from math, as we discovered very early in this conversation. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> nerves. <laughs> it's just but, nerves. Yeah, so $4.73 mm. an hour. Yeah. So you're doing two days a week. Two days a week, uh, hands then. on, yep, and then the, the other time at school, but in the in the school workshop. That's, getting... tr- that's correct. So you'd have like uh, two periods a day where it'd be um, uh, like a math and English. Yep. The rest would be workshop. Yep. You know, and uh, it could be the basics of doing textbook stuff, or we'd have like the MTAQ person come out and going through how to run a workshop and just everything. You know. It was awesome. It was the best. Yeah. It was such a good initiation into it. Um, and then, yeah, I, I finished grade 12. And uh, So you did year 12. You're quite educated then. Yeah, I year did. Year 12. I did year 12. And I, yeah. it was my, those two years were my best year. Like I actually succeeded through it. Um, I found something I wanted to do. Doing something you're interested yeah. in. Yeah. So yeah. Eight, nine and, uh, 8, 9 and 10, I just wasn't interested. Uh, I hadn't found the thing I was looking for. Uh, I was probably smarter than the teachers at that point in my own <laughs> mind. Um, and I was, I was a bastard, like, in, in ways, you know. Like, I, I didn't realise the opportunity uh, that I had. Mate, young uh, male, does that. who would have thought? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, like, we're playing footy. We're doing everything else but want to learn, basically. I'm just going to – because something just come into my yep. mind and, you know, I'm a bit scatty. But uh, you didn't know – what you wanted to do, you hadn't found what you were looking for, but you were a mad rugby fan. Did you ever play rugby and think that that was going to be a path? Um, I call it rugby. No. Or is it league? It's league. Yep. But I play. I did play both at the same time for a bit. Um, no, I never, never did it. Like in that, in that, um, I thought it'd be a job or something. It was fun with my friends. Yep. Um, we we did all right as a group of friends, but then we got to sort of 15, 16. And everyone went different ways yes. diff- and different clubs too. And yeah. I, I think you know the story of how that mm. goes with things. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, everyone just went to different clubs and that core group of people that you have sort of dispersed. And we, we had a team. I think we made a grand final or semi on our last good team together. It was awesome. But then, you know, this club's going to – as you get to that age where you're under 18s and stuff – uh, this club's got a better opportunity to go into opens and stuff like that, whereas the club that you're playing for, which I played for Springwood for the last bit, yep. we're pretty local. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, just didn't have like an opens class at that point yep. as well. So it sort of got a bit disappointing, to to be honest. But um, like I did a Mid-East tryout in the first Metropolitan East is like a representative thing that takes you to the next level yep. um, as a youngest like prop. So... I was like two years down. Props the big props lump. Props the big lump. Yep, yeah. yeah. So I was two years down to f- play in those. And I don't know if you know our area, but we've got some pretty big people around this area. So look, 50% of like our a, customers are Kiwis, yeah. So yep. there's some genuine big lumps. Yeah, it was big. You and, know? and so you're at <laughs> that age being a big lump against big lumps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, and, yeah. and, you know, coming from where I played, I was, I was bigger, yep. you know, and then coming to play here. It's like, oh, geez. And I was two, two grades up in the tryout, not for normal 40 or nothing, but just for this tryout. And that was the closest I ever got to thinking, hey, I might be able to do something out of this. But it was always motorbikes. Yeah. It was never, um, it was never play a sport like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. So. so we were at the point where you'd uh, started work. Yep. Got yourself a credit card. Yeah. And thought you'd spend the money wisely. Yeah. Buy a motorbike. 
No. No? Oh. No, buy two. We buy two motorbikes. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. What were the two motorbikes? So <clears throat> my mate Jono, right, that you've, that you've yes. met, the mechanic. So we, we came through high school together. He was a, he was a local mate from up here. Um, we both loved bikes. He was racing go-karts and he he's someone that actually could have raced anywhere, like super talented on a motorcycle or go-karts, right? Yeah. Um, but we, we didn't have money. Like, we got jobs, but I got a good job actually with his dad um, at Borrell as a, as a like start my apprenticeship. Uh, your apprenticeship as a diesel, diesel mechanic fitter mechanic yeah yeah yep. yep. so heavy duty heavy duty mechanic or whatever I got a job with his dad um, doing that this thing's rattling I don't know why that's doing it maybe because maybe it's beer anyway. maybe you're shaking you're that nervous I could be hey yeah you're intimidating <laughs> but um, oh yeah little old man from Melbourne yeah yeah I know the story <laughs> um, but yeah so we went out I went out to there and uh, like I got the day that schoolies finished. I didn't really go to schoolies because I got sick at schoolies, not from alcohol or nothing. I just got sick. But the day that that finished, I um, I went into work and I wasn't cut out for it. Uh, and this is just being brutally honest and it's something that I want to tell – I've told people all the way along. I was 17, left school, left work in the council for the apprenticeship that, that had finished up and um, working in a pit uh, with adults – of a night time, like night shift, it was like three in the RV till three in the morning or five in the morning or whatever it was. And I just wasn't ready for it and I tossed it in and never finished my apprenticeship. Oh. And um, it was earning good money, it was good, but mentally I just just couldn't handle yep. the adult, you know. I wasn't an adult in an adult's environment. Um, Mate, I, I, still I, tossed don't, it I still don't adult <laughs> to this day, as you know. Yeah. yeah. It's weird though. Like that, yep. And that's something that really happened and I tossed it away. Yep. And... Yeah, so I was like basically a third and a bit year apprentice. So effectively, oh, so very you, close you to getting you signed been off. In, in it, like with with the thing through the school base, and then that the credits with the, with the RPL, it would have been three, probably right on three. So you're a fair chunk in, yeah. and I never completed it. So, and then I got so I'm. I'm sensing you're trying to avoid telling me what sort of bikes you bought. Yeah, because so I, I, I only bought one, but the dream was I'm going to go get a credit card because I'm 18 now and I'm an adult. And um, I bought an XR250. Oh, stop it. So XR250, I think it was. Yep. Um, it was in northern New South Wales. It was when I was living up here. Uh, Trading Post, favourite magazine ever. And I, I was just a mad reader of the Trading Post. Tell him he's dreaming. Oh, it's the best, mate. I love the trading post. Ergonomic chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Jousting sticks. <laughs> so trading post, and I'm like, oh, wow, like pre-Gumtree, pre, yes. pre-marketplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, XR250, 1990. So this is 2002. So 1994 model, something around that, white tank. Um, the same thing I've seen in the Ballards magazine for the last eight years staring at me. And I was like, I've got to get this. So I drove down after work. Didn't, didn't have proper cash or anything at that time because it was um, ATMs. I just don't know how – it was just harder to get money, yes. you know. Yep. Um, so I went down with like a $50 deposit, slept in my car that night, uh, went and seen the guy in the morning because I called him up and said, hey, can I have a look at the bike? I'm going to be working or I'll be there. So I slept in the park at Brunswick Heads in my car and uh, next morning drove out to this like dodgy old place out the back of a place called Billy Nudgel. And I've uh, seen it and um, drove home that, that Arvo and picked Dad up and Dad and I went down that night and drove it home and got it home and it 
had bugger all compression and fixed it up and yep. it was awesome. It was a great initiation back into bikes after a period of time yep. not owning, ridden a lot, but not owning one. What sort of riding were you doing on that? Like street riding? No, I never registered. Never registered it. Um, I, yeah, never registered. Just parks, recreational parks. Um, There's a lot more industrial estate then where you could ride. You know, early 2000s, there was down at Yatlow. We could go ride everywhere, you know. Oh, yeah. um one of our one of our customers, yep. uh, Petchy, is a mm-hmm. local guy, and uh, he tells me like from here out to, you could just jump on your bike and ride dirt yeah. the whole way out, out towards Ipswich and all that sort of business. That you know, where's all highway and freeway and everything now. He said the same sort of thing. You know, just that they were just on their bikes the whole time. It was unreal. Like you could just go to industrial estate. There'd be no troubles. Um, just ride anywhere. Like yeah. it was just it was great. Uh, so I did that. Did that for a while. And then I wanted to go back into racing. I, I really, I, I so, thought I had something to offer. So to go back to, <laughs> <laughs> mate, if you could just work on your self confidence yeah. a little bit. Um, but to to go back yeah. to racing mm. means there must have been some income. So you've you've left, yeah, uh, the diesel yep. uh, apprenticeship. What were you doing for coin? Okay, I got a job. So I got a job in um, because I had like a really good, and I still feel I do a good mechanical understanding of things. And obviously those, it was basically four years of working with engines and all sorts of things. And before that, growing up around workshops and that, I had enough now to go, okay, I understand this. So I got into like an engineering and bearing bearing company, power transmission company, mm-hmm. and found my feet in that uh, through through a friend and started in that at like the bottom, basically sleep, sleeping floors and uh, yeah, worked on bearings and trying to figure out bearings for cars then it moved up into power transmission then up gradually through my career which we'll get to probably but mm. um into like conveyor systems and mining power transmission equipment so, yeah, right, yeah yeah but yeah i got a job and i didn't rely on that funding of plastic cut you know but it's just funny i just remember it, yeah. it was like, oh, geez. <laughs> anyway we got through that and um yeah and that's where we got to and i went up to we had some friends ballina friends that uh, were racing up in Maryborough, really good flat track up there called Action Park. They got to the north side of Brisbane and um, uh, the car, like they had like a Nissan Irvan or something like that, you know, the 80s motorcycle tow vehicle yep. and it blew a hole in the side of the motor with three bikes on the back, like uh-huh. two CR500s and a CR250 or something. And uh, at that period of time, uh, Dad had an XR8, a 95 XR8 um, and Dad... Dad doesn't have much res- respect for like every rule, I guess, in the books. <laughs> so he's like, oh, that's all right. It's a V8. We'll just tow it. So we towed the trailer, the bikes, the car, and towed it up the freeway up to the next servo, left it sit there and sort itself out. But he, he gave the shirt off his back. Right? Yep. So he's like, well, you guys got a race tomorrow, so let's go up to Maryborough. So we put the car trailer on and get some beers probably <laughs> and head up there and um, – I went back to that race meeting with the three bikes and those three friends and uh, and my dad and I, I couldn't I couldn't turn that tap off again yep. um, and I was at the age where I was working and I had to go buy something and or something so so what um, what was next so I've been riding road bikes too I'm just a little bit trying to get it all figured out but I bought I, I'd had road bikes as well yep. for a bit in between it was all around the same time I just I was working heaps like as you see me do now again 
Uh, I was working heaps and I was trying to ride and do everything I could, but around the same time, like it's all within a period of months sort of thing, um, my car got stolen on Christmas Day. Oh, um, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, yeah, from my dad's work. Um, it's on CCTV, it was in this area uh, where dad worked. And um, it was on CCTV, they broke the gates down as they left. And it was an 86 forerunner, like I'm not talking about, they didn't steal a G-Wagon, you know. Yeah. So I was, getting an, I was getting a promotion at work at the time um, with a company car and a, a lot more money and everything. And I was like, that's it, I'm not buying a car again. So I bought a YZF750. Brilliant. That was my road bike. Fantastic. That was the first road bike I bought. Yep. This is this is all around the same period, right? Um, so, well, you that. you must have been coined, mate, buying a YZF750. Uh, Four thousand three hundred uh, at that stage. It was yeah. right? I, yeah, I was twenty. Nice. I was nineteen yeah. years old, so it was good. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, and and it's the insurance for my. I car. say that being jealous of myself at that age, there was no, yeah, no bloody six pot calipers, all the business, oh. and a sensational handling. A bike. dream. Yeah, yeah. It was a dream, and. It was, yeah, it was a 1993 model YZF750. Mm. Um, yeah, it was the insurance money from the car. Yep. I was like, well, I'm not going to buy another car if I'm getting a company vehicle. Uh, and then, yeah, so I went and bought that. Uh, and then this race meeting happened, and that's when I bought the CR. And CR. So, uh, which is the one we've got parked out here. 250. The bike that's parked out here. Yeah, so. Rightio. You yeah. had told me that, but. Clearly, I hadn't put two and two together there. So but, that um, that came away with us to that race meeting in Maryborough, yeah. and and I knew the people. Mate, you were the there. king of the kids. CR two fifty, why is it F seven fifty on methanol too? On methanol, yeah. <laughs> all of that skill and ability bundled into all of this going on, mate. Look out! Yeah, no yeah. wonder you got the nickname Factory Mick. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. I think it suits better than Willie, just quietly. Yeah, I get shy on it, but, but that's how it was. Like it, it was, it was. Um, so this CR, um, a made from Ballina, uh, had it from new, 1996. And 96 is the desirable. A lot of people wanted it. Um, another mate bought it off him, raced it for one or two years. Then I got it off him. And uh, I, I bought it, raced it for, for a bit. But it was the era of the four strokes coming through. And... It was just I didn't have the talent, if I'm really honest, yep. to ride it as good as what the modern four-stroke was. Um, but, yeah, I got to race at Maryborough, Kempsey, um, Ballina. And, and with the Ballina crew that you'd grown up with. I did. It was uh, on the tail end of their time, though. Yeah. And, and then the other part, too, the uh, Virgin – Oh, actually, an unnamed airline, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> One of the airlines started to fly planes into Ballina. Yep. Um, there, there's a whole lot of things with dust. Oh, for tra- dust. Because the airport is right next to the motorcycle track. Yep. So when you start flying jets in over prop planes, there's things happen with the motocross track and there's whole lots of things happen. So when I became a senior, effectively, I didn't ever get to race like a national meeting there or yep. they had King of Summerland. Um Australian senior dirt track titles twice there, 92 and 2002. Um, and this was 2003, 2004. I just came on the cusp of everyone being in it. But I got to do club days and everything there. And it was awesome. Like yeah. it was, And they were those people. And then obviously Kempsey was another oil track that I got to race. I got to race. A, there's a meeting there called a Cobra Classic. Obviously a Cobra Hats. Kempsey yep. was a Cobra town. Um, 
we got to race that and it was I never took it seriously to, to be really honest but I'd pile my dad mate, and my mates mate, in the car you can try and tell people you never took it seriously yeah I saw you two Saturdays ago yep this is a serious mean competitive fucking side yeah. to you 100%. So tell me again you didn't take it seriously. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't maximise the potential Yeah, probably more than anything. Yeah. You know, like we'd go out Saturday night. Like I was 20 years old, mm. 22 years old or whatever. We'd go out Saturday night. We'd do all sorts of things. Um, still doing it on a budget. Like we got to – we're doing supermoto as, like, as well. As well with yep. that bike, yep. yeah, so the 250. Um, we didn't have groove tyres. Like everyone bought roof tires, but they're like five hundred bucks. So we're sitting there with a shaver, like after a huge night shaving because the track was wet <laughs> out at Stanthorpe, and we we had fun. Like yep. we just had really good fun with it, um, and that's what it was. It was just I always found the fun in it. Um, yeah, how much do you want me to talk about the racing part? No, I um, I'm very interested in the racing side of things because you've talked it up a little bit of late. Right. Um, there's apparently you've won a couple of things. Is that right? Yeah, later I mean, on. A little bit later on. Later on, yeah. yeah. But did the YZF750 was that a race bike? Did you or that was still street bike? It was a street bike. Um, so, so the first that that Christmas day when my car got stolen. To to go back on that, um, I, I got a friend let me borrow a TL thousand. Yeah. I only just had my license. I was eighteen. It's <laughs> like. You sure? Well, 19. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, mate, you can have it. And it's Christmas Day. And, like, uh, one thing that I, I feel that I always, I've always been responsible and respectful to people, mm. you know, um, and I'd never put something of theirs in jeopardy, yep. you know, as well. And he, he's like, you have it. So I picked up that TL, and that was the first road bike I'd ever ridden on the road, TL1000S. Nice. And um, I was riding it over to my cousin's house for Christmas, and I was in motocross gloves, and I had, like, a – what do they call them? Brando jackets or whatever. I had just a leather yeah, jacket yeah, yeah. and uh, that I just – dad had at home or something and riding along up the back of the Hyperdome in the local area and a wasp went right up me, right in between the motocross glove and that. This is my introduction to road riding. I'm like, what's this all about? This is weird. <laughs> I don't like this. But then I, you know, I got addicted to that bike and whatnot. Then I got the YZF yep. after that. Had it for not real long. As you've seen, There's a change, story. <laughs> as you see my change bike. So this is 2004. Yep. Yep. Um, so I bought it in uh, probably about January that year. By May, I was addicted to road bikes more than anything. And I remember coming home from a race meeting with with dad. It was just dad and I. I think we'd been up to Maryborough in early 2004. And I said to dad, I said, "Nothing can beat a CR250. Like the thrill of two stroke." He goes, you haven't ridden a, you haven't ridden a superbike yet. Like you, you wait till you ride one, you know. I remember him saying this, I'm like, nah, nothing beats it. So, um, a few months on, work was going really, really good. Everything was still with the bearings, bearings yep. and stuff. Yep. yep, everything was fantastic. Um, jobs good, earning at the time good. Uh, company car. So I bought a '99 Fireblade this year that that year there's a, there's a little bit of taste in your motorcycle yeah. purchase i've got to compliment you on that mick there's yeah some genuine good taste there yeah. so it was called an Irion. Yes. Yeah, 180 of them made in the world um i got one of them uh private red white and black that's right yeah, 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 yeah. to yeah. replicate the yep. gobit moto america or ama superbike win or something yeah. it was it was pretty cool so it was an 01 Irion fireblade yep. 
929, first the fuel injected. Um, found it on, in the trading post. Stop it. <laughs> like, look at this thing. Went and looked at it, put a deposit on it. Somebody that night from a shop in Queensland bought it out from underneath me on the deposit. No. So the, the person. So I get a call because people knew that I was looking for one of these bikes. It's the bike I wanted. I get a call from said dealership the next day. Oh, we've got one of these bikes. Right? Like, okay. But you'd put a deposit on it. Yeah. Yeah. So not their fault. No. They weren't to know. The person that I, uh, I called him up that day, like, what's going on? I had sold it to I'm like, ah. Oh. So I'd spoken to this company and said, hey, like, I'd put a deposit down on that bike and that th they're a business too. And they just, they told me a price and I'd know what I was about to pay for it. And um, they were fair. Yeah. They said, oh, I, we, we, we didn't know any of this. And um, yeah, I bought it through the shop. Yep. Um, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Good. And this was 2000 and 2004. It, it, things that, there's a lot of niceties at that time. Yep. You've been in the industry for a long time and yep. as well. And it, it, it was a nice thing. Like I was like, wow, thank you so much for honoring. The guy didn't, the private guy never did. Yep. Um, so I got this bike and it was just the best thing. It, May May 2004, I just loved it. It had like 11,000 Ks. Yep. Um, yeah, Gianelli pipe, like it was just awesome. So I still had the YZF. I was going to sell it. Um, but dad hadn't, ha dad hadn't had a bike for years and years, like it's a long, long time. But he loved my bikes more than I did, but just these things happen. Mm. I went to Phillip Island in 2004. I rode the Fireblade to Phillip Island from up here in Queensland with my dad's mates from Ballina, which sucked because it would have been better if dad was there. But um, I went with him and uh, he traded the YZF. Well, he rang me and said, I found a bike. Uh, I'm going to trade it. And uh, traded the YZF <laughs> while I was away. <laughs> and I was like, all right, dad, no worries. <laughs> we, we, it, 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 so close with my dad even to this yep. day, like it was just like a flux. You know? So yeah. yep. I'm going to jump back. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. Get to know Mick. Mm. Only child? Yep. Mother and father? Yep. Real tight, moving around a lot yep. for work and obviously genuinely tight with your, with yeah. your father. Yeah. So your dad trading your bike in. It didn't matter. Just doesn't matter. No, and I was stoked. Like, Especially as a young guy. I mean, that's pretty cool as a young guy to just go, doesn't matter. Because, yeah, you know, most yep. young guys, we don't sort of generally get to start to – not, I shouldn't generalise, but a lot of, you know, yep. males, we're pretty dumb, right? And we don't start to sort of mature until our sort of mid to late sort of 20s as a general rule. So yep. start to realise that these older people around you are actually human and half decent as yeah. well. So, I mean, that's very cool from a, from a young fella to be just going, oh, yeah, no stress. Oh, it was cool. Like it was it was like the Saturday of, at Phillip Island. Um, there's a Kawasaki dealer up the road here back on the freeway years ago. It was Wales. Wales, mm. yeah, yeah. It was a, a ZX-12 Kawasaki. Mm. I was like, wow, you're on the whole hog. Anyway, bought that, uh, traded it in, like waited till I got home to do all the stuff. And I said, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's ride together more and everything. Yeah. But um, he was riding the 750 more than I was anyway. Like I said, you have it. You, you, dad worked like there's just not enough hours in the weeks for the dad yeah. to work, you know. So you, you, you look after, you do that. And, um, yeah, so that's what he got to. Yeah. 
Um, through 2005 and six, we went um, just racing as much as as much as we could, you know. Supermoto, so, dirt track, dirt track, supermoto, no road, no, no road, road stuff. at this stage. No, yeah. supermoto is as close as it got to. Um, early early 2006, um, my dad had a huge motorbike crash, yep. like a, a, as big as it gets. Think of that. Yep. Um, yeah, that's. I was with him the day that it happened. Um, but I'd left and um, come to a mate's party about an hour before or two hours before. We got to the party and got a call from the police to say, you know, you probably need to get to the Lismore. Yep. It's like, oh, wow, well, okay. And in in my, I was 20, uh, what's that, 22, 20, yeah, 22 sort of thing. I was just like, I'm going to get back on my fireblade and ride as fast as I could to Lismore. Mm. But I was with Annie at that time. We've been together for a long time and uh, – She's like, no, 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 you're not being rational now. You're a 22-year-old or whatever. Be smart. Okay, yeah, okay, all right. So I went and picked my mum up. Uh, we went in the company car I had at the time. and Yeah, it's it it, it sucked. Like, yep. yeah, it was terrible. Um, we, we, he was in hospital for a good part of 2006, basically at that point. Um, this week after I come back up, I had to pick some stuff up. I was go back to work and pick some stuff up. And you know the roundabout where the Audi is over here? Yes, yes. I was on my fire blade and um, there's diesel on the roundabout, right? And my mum supported me racing everything forever. There's no dramas there, but I just knew what we are going to go through at this point and um, come around there just just in autopilot, two-wheel drift. This thing's just gone like that and um, saved it. But I, I'd never been so thoughtful about riding motorbikes until that point. Probably yep. it was just just sort of second nature at that point, and I remember it was like the Saturday after that happened. I was like, okay, I, I need if I'm going to ride these things more and more, and there's no not a point that I was turning it down to ride it. Uh, I, I need to always be thinking, and uh, yeah, that Mate, that roundabout yeah is the world's worst. Oh yeah, it's horrendous. Worst roundabout. I mean. Yeah. It's just a shocker. And, 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 and you rode in 2006. Mm. Like, the speed limits probably weren't the same in 2006. It was different. <laughs> so I don't know what was life going was on. Life life was a lot easier. You know? But, yeah, I, I remember it vividly. No and dash cams, no speed cams. Oh, man, just awesome. do your thing. Jesus, yeah. it was good. And yeah. the police station wasn't even there at that yeah. point. Um, but, yeah, I literally just came around and, yeah, there's this thing in the roundabout and I smelled it coming up to it. And, like, these are things now, after all these years of different experience, that I'd, I really look for. Yep. Like, you know, if you have that smell, oh, my senses are up, you know. Yep. Um, but I just didn't have experience. I had dirt bike experience. Right. So. Mate, 22. Nothing. proof anyway. Yeah, yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was a moment. It's something that sticks with me, like when I get on all the time now. Yep. Um, but yeah, dad's incident played a big part in that. So he, he got a brain injury. Yep. Um, so he couldn't, he didn't have a, a beer or nothing for two years or yep. nothing. But he, he couldn't drive for. A fair, a fair while afterwards but as soon as he did he's like I just want to be around you guys you know like my mates and everything so when we went to races dad drove yep we, we bought a uh, uh, like a $1,200 high-ace commuter van and we took all our friends with us yep and that was the next whatever um, amount of years that? probably pretty cool. 2006 to 2009 yep and dad pretty much drove uh, us boys around so Jono and myself as yep. two main riders um, and then we pile all our friends in and we go away for a weekend racing. Yeah, very and, cool. Um, yeah, dirt tr- and dirt track predominantly. So it's know. been uh, uh, bikes. 
Ah, man. Yeah. Just always. I mean, yeah. You know, quite tragic. Yep. I'm just noticing as we're talking about that. Yep. The Mick Doohan, uh Dixon shirt. I'm rocking uh, the uh, rocking. Not that I could ever rock it. You're rocking. <laughs> I'm rocking. I'm I'm in a Dixon shirt too. Which yep. let's not take the piss out of me. But you know, hey, if it's good enough, it's good enough for these. I've guys. got a dino. I qualify. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> it's good enough for these fellas. You know, but um, it's um, yeah, it, it's just bike full bike tragic. Yeah, it, 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 everything was like everything about even work, like it is to do with. I had no, probably no. Annie and I went to America in 2005. I went with her family. Before that, I had no idea about the world apart yep. from motorbikes. So I've been with Annie since secondary uh, school? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. So committed there, like, as in that's it, that's long-term and from a very early age, has she sort of kept you on track, do you reckon? Like, because, um, man, it's easy as a young fella to get distracted by motorcycles and, and this, that and the other, but not only kept you on track, but then clearly madly supported your yeah. insane appetite for buying and selling motorcycles and racing and, and, mm. and doing everything you've done there. And and funding it too. Like, yep. you know, we both had jobs, but a lot of it, you know, like I, at one time at the height of my um, – it's probably pretty close again – um, but the height of my addiction, like I had nine bikes or something. Yep. Yeah. Sitting in the shed, I had, you know, two ZX-10s, a KX450, a KX520 supermoto bike, my CR, a Thumpster, like just everything, you know. And it, it, it was a revolving door too of things. You know, there's a few things that I'd want to stay, but um, I was working on them to sell them. Um, the only way to fund things is to work yes. and to buy and sell. And, you know, I was buying crash bikes, repairing them, selling them crash bikes repair and ride ride it for a bit sell it like whatever i could do yeah um and for a period of time i was bringing in jeans from the states um buying and selling jeans everything i mean you run um you know uh, i met you obviously through your photography yep um you've got quite a few uh income streams i guess you would call it your tour business yep um i'm not sure if if it's common knowledge, you have a is it a wire screen fly? Yeah, I got a fly screen business. Fly screen business as well. Yep. Um, mate, you're always and 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 with your photography and your video mm. and you're always you're all over the joint. You're all over Australia. Yep. You know, working with different manufacturers and and not just motorcycles. It's mm. uh, real estate. You know, uh, yeah. You're, you're reasonably hectic. Yeah. But it's good. Like yep. I, I don't. This is the probably the moving thing. Yep. I don't like downtime too much. Like yep. I want to. Like I want to work. I want to race bikes in places. This is the thing with what I've chosen to do now. And it's a choice. Like the the video and stuff to get out and work in in the field. Like what we're doing now. I had the best job, best boss in the last line of work before I did it. But um, like I, I want to be able to go and work at an event and then ride on the Monday. Yeah. I couldn't do that in that structure. Um, yeah, like, it, I don't know. I don't care about working seven days a week, 24 hours a day, but I need to have the freedoms to ride a motorbike or a push bike or it's very selfish and it's, but I don't have kids. I don't, mm. have, like, or we don't have kids. Um, it's what I want to do. You have a, 
have a German Shepherd. You have a German Shepherd. Yeah, which just takes a fair, fair bit of uh, time. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, yeah, that's where we're at. That's um, so we'll get we'll follow the work. Yeah, we're a bit all over the joint, but this is that's good because right. it's just us, just talking, speaking rubbish, and getting yep. to know Mick. Yep. Who is Mick? What does Mick do? Um, <clears throat> apart from having a crazy memory, yep. for oh, you know, race tracks, race events. Yep. Who won what at what race track? Um, you every uh, you know. As I say, I met you four or five years ago, mm. and every time I go to an event or something like that, you, you seem to know everybody yep. in the in the bike sort of industry and and uh, and whatnot. Um, and you've got a memory, uh, yep. you know, with your podcast, with the Talk and Chat experience, you know, listening to you interviewing people and and um, not only. The a list of people that you've had on the podcast, yep. but your conversations with them and the memory of things. Uh, I think you caught a few people out by uh, different mm. things, saying, "Well, I was at that event," or "I was." I mean, you've been you've travelled the world and done, yeah, all sorts of been to all sorts of different events. Pikes Peak, yeah, yeah, place is pretty special. Yeah, yeah, uh, and 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 you know, uh, you've had guests on that are. Ridden and yep. been very successful at Pikes Peak. Um, yeah, you know, uh, MotoGP circuit. So you know, I talk to you and, about that, and you and you go, well, at this corner, such and such. I go, how the hell do you know the name of the corners at each one of these? You, so your memory for yeah. <laughs> is your. I guess where I'm going with yeah. this is your memory for everything else apart mm. from bikes is it as good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, Rain Man. I don't know what it is. Always, yeah. always fly Qantas. No, <laughs> <laughs> <Find> them. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it is. So it's, many, so many things. Like, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know why. But yeah, like I can, you know, we have an event or we something from school or something like catch up with someone. I name the people in the room. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's handy. Yeah, I, bloody impressive. Yeah, it's handy yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's but, handy uh, for a little old man like me. If I go, oh, Mick. <laughs> What was that again? <laughs> it's handy. And you it's good for this. Me. Yeah. You know, for a podcast or something, it it does make it pretty easy. Oh, I look, I can think it. of a couple of the you know, the, yep. the people that you've had on yep. and you've and you've said, Oh, well, I was at that event and I remember when this, this and this happened. Um and you see them just looking and go, You what? Yeah. I had a few people say afterwards, funnily enough, like yeah. Man, how do you how'd you do that? I'm like like, did you look at I'm like, No, I, I, I don't know. Like and it generally um, I said to Keely in here, a lot of, I just read too, yep. just read magazine, I read motorcycle news, I read revs, even before the ones before I was born. For some reason, I just enjoyed reading those and um, really passionate about. I've still got all the books, and yep. uh, they're like they're like Encyclopedia Britannica, yep. you know, for for motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much info yep. in those, and same to this day, like. You're the same. You still get the magazines. Oh, you still read the yeah, magazines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm the same. I've got a. I don't have a memory of... like yours, eh? Oh, but you read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll go back to the work. So yep. we're working at the bearing. Yep. Shop, uh, not well bearing industry. Yes. Uh, Travelling. Uh, not so much. A lot of fixed. So, okay. Yeah, a lot of lot of fixed at that time. Uh, a lot of in store stuff. Um, Learning, learning an industry. Yep. And, uh, you know, I spent my uh, probably the mid-20s mid probably learning, 
you yep. know, 26, 27, learning that. Um, didn't master it, but did well. And, and yep. same deal, like I, uh, you, you've met a couple of my old bosses actually yes. through here and stuff and um, always worked hard for people. Yep. Um, you did a track day with one of your old bosses yeah. recently who's obviously still a good still mate. Still a mate. And that's yeah, how yeah. they I, I could just about – there's only one one boss that I probably want to chuck off a set of stairs <laughs> <laughs> to this day. Um, Have you explained that to him? Oh, mate. Would you like to explain it to him? We did. Do you want, do you want to call him out? We did. <laughs> you did throw him down the stairs? No, no, no. No, you explained it to him. <laughs> we, we, we did. And, um, yeah, it was just a oh, – yeah. Oh, it's impossible to get along with everybody, and if you uh, and if you are getting along with everybody, you're full of it. Yeah, so, I, my, yeah. my it's it's a funny one actually. My direct my direct boss in that environment, I was speaking to him last uh, Friday week before last, and um, I said, "How bad was that time?" You know, because it was his chain of command up from a company yep. from Texas I was working for at the time. They, he he was he was you know how American companies have Singapore as a hub. Yes. So he was flying yes. Singapore, yeah. so yeah. Singapore Brisbane every week to micromanage. Um, every week, right? And um, yeah, we we we've been in this company that went from like a million dollars a year to like a hundred million dollars really quickly, yep. um, doing generators and power transmission equipment for oil and gas, and um, just insane, right? This is two thousand fourteen, thirteen, fourteen, somewhere around that era, and um, we had it dialed. Like everything was. Really, really so what good. was your role with them? What, what um, generator program. So I, I, because I had a mechanical sort of background, generator is obviously a mechanical electrical yep. thing, um, and I'd worked in electric motors. About 2008, I switched from mechanical over to electric motors. Um, I got involved in drive head solutions and um, yeah, generator okay. program, trying to develop a generator, which was basically a Chev motor, 5.7, 5.9 sort of Chev sort of motor with a... Um, basically a gen pack on the back yep. and develop all the fuel system and everything for it with an engineering team. But I had to sort of try and figure out how to make it all work. Yep. So, yep. yeah. But then we got some interference and, um, yeah, the company just just went pear-shaped. It oh, sucked. really? Yeah, it sucked because it was it was really good. Good yep. crew. Um, yep. Yeah, but this one particular guy I've never, never in a workplace got so, um, yeah, like – this guy, like I'm a ginger, right? Mick, I'll, I'll I just want it. to bring somebody into the room, Mick. It's your old boss. <laughs> I'll tell you, like, and, and everyone's the same. And to, to the point, you know, um, BG, which is British Gas, mm -hmm. he got banned from their offices. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. Just ticked everyone off. Yeah. And um, like British Gas. That's a skill until itself, though, being able to oh, yeah. piss everybody off. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a good skill. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done it? <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, he, he's an interesting character. And to this day, I've never I've never been able to – I've never had a differing of opinion so much where I just couldn't figure it out yeah. to that point Yes, with that yeah. guy. And, uh, yeah, oh, some of those days, though, mate, I – That sounds interesting, though. Uh, it was. Uh, you know, electrical – Generator solutions yeah, for mining and and, and, and that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was awesome, and um, the good thing was it was like emerging tech, and as you know, like um, I love technology. Yes, I love mechanical technology, and to to be able to be part of that program and um, work on that and try and get, you know, just efficiency out of thing. And this is one thing, and it's probably a bit controversial, probably to say, but like working in, I worked for a company called ABB. At the time, 146,000 employees globally. Biggest, them and Siemens, two biggest sort of 
electrical companies, yeah. electrical mechanical companies in the world. Like to see where we go with EV vehicles and stuff, um, it's so misunderstood to this point. And like working th for, for them and seeing the efficiencies that we put in place and the efficiencies that companies like that were working to and then still seeing stipulations being put through around places, you're like, oh, we could learn so much or we could put so much more out or we could we could do so much more. Yep. So, yeah. Why don't we do so much more? Is it easier to just put something in place and yeah. say, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know. But yeah, might have something to do with the votes and yeah, yeah, and not getting them because you you look at you look at this country right. So we have like uh, at that time IE three international efficiency rating three was mm -hmm. what we were. Um, you know, you put you put uh, 10, 10, 10 mil of water into something, you want to be getting nine, eight to nine out. If you don't get that out, it's not efficient. Yep. But if you're in another part of the world that manufactures the machinery, so they know how to do it. They're putting 10 mil of water in and getting four or five drops out. That's the ones that you should be picking the fruit off because they're making the bad machines. Yes. Us here, we, you know, we can always do better, but there is at the same time we, we, we really try things and we're such a small nation. We, we, we don't really do much. Um, not we don't really do much, but we could do so much more here um, better. But I guess as a country we're trying to lead by paths and examples as well. So... I don't want to touch on that too much. No, no, but it's interesting. No, yeah. I mean, it's sort of, as you say, we're large landmass, yep. small population. Mm. We're more than holding our own as far as yep. that's concerned. Could do more with engineering, manufacturing, all that sort of business. But then could. the other side of it is, are we really that bad as far as greenhouse is concerned and uh, yeah it's a minefield the whole, there's no correct answer no but but we all know that every decision has been made is all about getting votes yes it's not about actual efficiency it's not about the facts no just not which mm. is i think where you were kind of going with that it is and yeah. and, and you know i i'd love to see the world employ the efficiency standards that we carry here yes that's probably the big thing if you can do that then but it's easy for us, though, because we're rich Westerners and so it's easy for us. There's a whole different <laughs> <laughs> Cut. <laughs> but no, nah, but nah, I don't know where we but that's, to but, that's... but But the, if the world adapted to how good we do things here yep. and we could always do things better mm. and everyone can, the world would be a much better place. Yeah. That's probably the message. Yeah. There's a song. I think John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you want the lyrics? Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know where we got to from that. But no, yeah, it's good. That, but so we're working uh, essentially engineering. Yeah. Um, and then you've left there. Yeah. Uh, what was the next job from there? Um, so that was uh, to a Japanese engineering uh, chain power transmission company. So same sort of deal, um, power systems, power transmission. So uh, like conveyor systems for breweries, chain drives, um, you know, working out how much how much horsepower it takes to basically move a bottle, yep. you know, or move a piece of coal yep. on a bad day these yes. days. Yeah. <laughs> Not allowed to move coal anymore. <laughs> but, you know, that, that sort of thing, like um, reclaimer chains for big, you know, mining equipment. Um, right down to uh, chain systems for like a uh, like say sugarcane, you know the trucks with yes. the sugarcane yeah, bits. Yeah. 
um, how do you propel the sugarcane bin back onto the onto the bed? Yep. Um, how much motor output? How much torque's required? What change required? Um, everything that goes along with doing that. So the um, the Rain Man memory helps. Clearly came in handy with that with yeah. those roles and math. <laughs> Mate, no? You will never convince me <laughs> after the start of this yeah. little chat. <laughs> and, uh, and this is, this is as long thing. as it doesn't involve calendars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got calendars, but yeah, and math though that was a, yeah. a huge part. Well, that was every part to it. It was math. Yeah. So mm. this role uh, is this the role that did I you finished. do a fair bit of travel and and, and all those roles place? from about twenty um, two thousand nine. Probably yep. uh, to 2016, I did yep. lots of travel yep. for work. Um, yeah, got I basically not mastered. You never master anything, but I got to a point where um, I, I knew everything. It was second nature. It's second nature. Yep. yep. Uh, so I did lots of travel. Like worked up in New Guinea. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was an eye opener. So I got yep. to work up in New Guinea a few times. Um, yeah, like all those sorts of experiences. Got to work down in Morwell, down at the, like Carter Hold Harvey and the timber mills. Um, got to work down, like every timber mill in Australia I've pretty much been in, worked in, high consumers of power transmission. Yep. So, um, and highly, over time, inefficient because those old mills are just the way they were. Like yes. it's, it's like old shipbuilding yards and stuff. Yep. There's just the process. But... Because they're large consumers of power, large consumers of, of mechanical uh, industry, there was initiatives put in place to try and make them more efficient and make them more green effectively. Yep. And that was part of sort of some of the roles. So yeah, more efficient chains, more efficient um, motors and everything that go with it, gearboxes. Yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I got to work in every, every – nearly every business in Australia that was like a high consumer of power or high consumer of mechanical drive systems, I got to work in, whether it yep. be – you know, sulfur plants, mine sites, um, and timber mills, sugar mills, everything. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Different to now. So you also touched on uh, a little bit of travel overseas, mm -hmm. holidaying. Yep. Would appear that you're pretty handy at that. Or not so much as far as... Not so much now. Not so much now, but historically, yeah. you know, pretty handy at that. Quite a few trips. Uh, yep. States seems to be yeah, uh, the clear leader in, in, in getting your attention. Well, Willie disappeared in the early 2010s. <laughs> well, not Willie disappeared, but the nickname Willie disappeared yep. and I got Captain America for a while by a couple of mates. Because I loved America. Yeah. Uh, it, at uh, the late twenty, my late twenties, so it was me traveling to America with Annie, yep, uh, yeah. family mates, uh, family, yep. you know, uh, Annie's family, yep. um, a couple of friends, um, motorbikes, friends over there, um, yeah. So it, we went over in two thousand and five the first time. I went over with her family. Um, they're in the travel industry originally. They looked after me with some flights to go. I was like, oh, wow. And quite literally, Ferg, like, it was, for me, it was, Maryborough is a cool trip because there's racetrack. Yep. There's Kempsey. It's a cool place because there's a racetrack. And then, you know, Phillip Island. Like, what else do you need? Like, what well, else do you I mean, need? We've got barbecues. Mate, I don't know about the other places, but Phillip Island, you've you got know? me. Yeah, yeah. we've got barbecues. Like, yeah. what, what, what culture do I need? Yep. I was blind to it, right? Got to the States the first morning. We went for her 21st, right? Got there. 
stayed just around the, uh, near the airport in Los Angeles, at Marina Del Rey, where all the bike shops are, yeah. which is a good place to take me for the first day. And, um, yeah, woke up. All right, see us later, going out. We'll have a bit of a wander and, um, you know, it, blind to the world. There's a push bike wheel chain to the thing with no push bike in it. I've got a photo of it still. And it's just like, wow, this is what traveling's all about, you know, and it is awesome. And then we didn't travel for a bit. And then I think it was about 2011. Um, yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was 2011, actually. Um, one of the companies I worked for put me on a thing called gardening leave. And, um, I couldn't talk to any of my – I got marched out the door that day. Couldn't talk to any of my workmates, couldn't say goodbye and I wasn't allowed at my new workplace for six weeks or something. And just previously before we had some friends get married, an Australian friend got married to someone from Minnesota. Their wedding party came down and, you know, we become really good friends with them and went mountain biking and did all the stuff with them. So I rang them up and said, hey, I want to come over. And um, they're like, when? I'm like, Probably tomorrow. Like I'm pretty irrational with some things too. Mm. Like if something's, you might call it manic, you know, like if something's like, hey, right, let's do it. I'm on like, yep. do you want to race a class? Let's do it, you know, so let's make it happen. So got on the plane and that was the start of it again. The travel bug hit, went up three times in 12, 14 weeks to the States. And it was all because of moto. I went riding motorbikes on the sand dunes. They had like trucks, like um, Chev Silverado's, Big suspension, all the stuff, jumping. It was like full, being in the Krusty Demons. Full know? American spec. Full American spec. Yeah. And um, I, d I was working hard. I was earning good money. I wasn't allowed to talk to my folk, like to my friends from work. I'm like, well, I'm going to shove it basically up all your asses. I'm going yeah. to America. You can't even contact me now. Yeah. And uh, that's what I did for the first one. And uh, really fell in love with it again. And that's where we basically chose to holiday. And they become, you know, really really close friends especially in that period of time yep and you know so we were back up for motor gp that year at laguna seca one of the oh. last ones um supercross over there motocross uh world superbike there um nascar indianapolis stop everything yeah. like er everything you could dream of tick, i didn't tick, want to leave tick, a stone tick. unturned yeah well done so we tried to do that and uh you know philly cheese steaks um, so <laughs> you know what I mean though like everything oh, you yes. want to do yeah. museums like um, Barber Motorsports Park in Alabama you know the place is six stories tall with motorcycles stacked like there's, there's no better place yep. if you're into like us as humans wh why would you want to travel anywhere else well you know I mean as you say motorsport sporting events yeah everything just mm. huge so that was that was a good period of time like 2011 to 11, 12, 13, 14. The last trip we did was 16 over there um, and haven't been back since June 2016. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, yeah. it yeah. sucks. It, but it'll come now. Won't be too long. Yeah, yeah, it won't be too long. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's where we're at. We, we did that. So time. we're working, uh, you know, with all of the sawmills yep. and the mines and the... Uh, the engineering. Yep. And now we're not. Yeah. Yep. What was the next step? So last trip to the States, I came home um, probably about June 2016. That was the last trip we did. So like used to traveling 
was travelling, flying every week for work. Awesome job, paid well, company car, everything that I ever wanted. Riding dirt bikes with my boss. You know, it was good. Um, went up to a mining expo um, up in Mackay, uh, late July 2016, and um, flew home that day and something happened. I, I, I was, well, we went out and had a huge night Thursday night. That probably didn't help things. But uh, I was sitting at the airport the Friday morning, uh, the, the next morning, I guess it's Friday. And um, yeah, and I was just like, I uh, don't know about this anymore. Um, I don't like the flying. Still don't like the flying too much. And I never had a trouble with flying, but something happened. So I flew home that night. Um, and then, yeah, I, I something clicked in me on that day. It was my dad's 60th birthday too. So I don't know what it was, but um, I was restless for the rest of the year, like incredibly restless. Never in my life did I not want to put my boots on to go to work, you know, unless it was to go riding, but, you know. But every day from July, late July to uh, the end of the year, I just didn't want to be there. And I don't know what it was, but I had I had a good job. I had er- everything that you could have wanted. Um, home was good, awesome dog. You know what I mean? Everything's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, brand new Fireblade, dirt bikes, all the stuff in the world yep. didn't help the feeling that I was having. And don't know if it's a mental health thing, but it has to be a bit. I I, I literally don't know to this day. I've been to a psychologist about it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've had hypnotherapy about it, about some of the things with travel. Um, I had a few things like that. And it's not travel, it's just certain things, right? It's control, I think, a bit. Um, Yeah, so I changed. And and I dreamed of doing what I'm doing now a bit. And, and, And I'd seen people... Like for years, like at that time I'd been in that industry for 15 odd years, you know, and I'd seen people just get real stale in it. And I don't know, like I was the, it's 2016, 32, 33, around that age. I didn't want to do that either. Um, I, I, I'd been thinking about probably changing careers for a long time. But if I say I'm doing something, I'm usually the person that's going to do it. I thought, let's let's try this. So I looked at doing um, like a photography sort of style course and looked further into it. And at that, that time, I was probably spending more time looking at extra opportunities than what I was even focused on the job that I was doing, and which was disrespectful to that job. But I was up front too. Like I was like, something's, something's wrong, you know. That's why, like, that guy is still my best, one of my best friends. Yep. And, um, yeah, it sucked because, yeah, I went to uni um, and did video production so straight the, after. The video production? Yep. Has that, had that been something that... <sighs> to not the that degree that I'm in now. Yeah. Mm. That had, had it been an interest? Photography had. Yeah. Yeah, photography definitely had. Yep. Uh, photography and filming had. Yep. But um, not to the – like it's it's nearly taken over – well, it has taken over motorcycling yep. a lot now. Um, I'm combining the both a lot. Yep. But, um, yeah, like it just all of a sudden – and, uh, and I, I'm, I'm like that. If I'm into it, I'm real in. But, yeah, I, I, I finished up work on the uh, January – late January 2017 – 
um, after my notice period of month, couple of months, whatever, and um, went straight into uni the first week of February as a 30-something-year-old adult student in Byron Bay. In Byron Bay? Yep. After being around, working in New Guinea, Mount Isa, North Queensland, everything for the last 15 years. I'm going to do a gross generalisation here. You're going to be good with this one. (laughs) (laughs) Byron Bay. Yep. Arts. Yep. Video photography. Yep. Mate, that's a genuine 180 degrees apart from, away from where you were. Yeah. How how did you fit in there? I didn't. And even my views, like... I, I was I was working in mining a week before. Yep. <laughs> now I'm education systems are incredibly um the the term that everyone's throwing now is left wing, right? Yep. But it 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 really is. Like every documentary that you went to make or whatever would be about the same things. I you couldn't being in a creative uni this is going to probably get people in trouble or undesirable with it, but being in a creative uni is about expressing yourself. But it's very hard to express yourself when your peer group doesn't have the same traits or beliefs or not even that, can't find middle ground in it. Middle ground is what we're all chasing. Un- unwilling to unwilling even to. accept yeah. that there might be... Something else, yep. you know. So... I did it for three. I, I did it. Like I, I made it. Uh, I made. I did the whole degree. It was awesome. Like I've, I've learned so much stuff. But it, it's just so different. Like literally um, the week before, my, my last job with that company, I was on the um, Gladstone Ports Corporation. I was up on one of the shiploaders and we're doing a cable installation for the, for the cabling for the shiploader going in and out. And that cable system was loading coal on the boats to head overseas, yes. right? So I'm up there working, you know, with coal, like the most hated thing in Australia or in the world at the moment. But oh, Except for financially. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Let's go <laughs> so, green. Let's go green. So, Just shut up and fucking send that over there, will you? <laughs> so, I'm like, and then the next week I'm, I'm, I'm on Ewingsdale Road in Byron Bay. We're in this classroom, like the first morning, there's, there's an artist called Tash Sultana. And I love her music. She's she does like this loop music, like loops and stuff. Um, plays an awesome guitar, and she's still to this day one of my favorite artists. And I remember walking in the door that, and this is the memory thing, but walking in the door that morning, and you know, here he, like everyone's just congregating around on beanbags and stuff in this theater, just watching this artist on TV. And I'm like, okay, what have I, what have I got myself into here? Did a couple of hours of work there, you know, like tutors, lectures and all that sort of stuff. Then they all just went on beanbags. Not all, generalisation. But a lot of people just went and sat on beanbags for like a couple of hours. So different. Yeah. Rewarding. Probably what I was looking for at the time, to, to be honest. And I found it. Um, good experiences. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So the education um, yep. system, as you say, Is very skewed to you know, yeah, a certain way of thinking, a certain way of doing things. So being somebody that's you know come from the workforce where it's let's get on, let's get this happening, let's go. Yeah. Um, 
was it one side of it, forget the opinion side or, yeah. you know, which way we look at things or whatever, but the actual let's go, let's get through this. How did you cope with being, oh, man, let's not rush? It was, Assuming that happened. It was weird and, and, that, and that definitely happened. It was not till that point that I realised the age difference too. And I didn't take it in. Like I, I try and be like the word now, emotionally intelligent, try and think of people's feelings and everything. But there's such an age gap between a, a lot of the students were straight out of school. That February 1 intake, the day that I went there, that was their first day out of school. It was like me going back to that apprenticeship. I wasn't ready for that at that time. Are they ready for it as well? Mm. So I'd learnt that. I, I feel I'd learnt that through all those experiences. But those they... they just, the, the, I was there to change careers, like change career, and I had a house, I had like a lot of regos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had a lot of insurances. I'm which, quite sure if I asked you, you could remember the registration number of yep, every bike you actually much. had at that stage as well. I did, <laughs> but like we had a lot of regos, we had a house, we were living in Brisbane. I was commuting to Byron three times a week. So commuting, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so commuting. That was good for the environment. How'd they cope with that? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you did it in an EV. <laughs> it's, some things are fine though. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is the thing. Yeah. So yeah, I um, yeah, I was commuting for the first uh, eight months of it, nine months. And then I thought, and this is probably the, the plan too. I, like I thought I'd be able to Uber and earn good money in Queensland well, I wasn't doing that, but like the money wasn't as good as what it would be, and I had poor any was working lots. Yep. Um, I was commuting either back and forth or staying in the car in Byron in the car park or in the caravan park or whatever. So we end up moving back into my family back to and we moved back to North, my family living in northern New South Wales again at that point. So and that's where we spent the next sort of the last three years. Okay. Until, yeah. Yep. So we made the decision. Uh, we ran our house out, and and that was a huge decision to make. Um, and then she commuted to Brisbane for work. She did the um, sun, Saturday Sunday down there, or if we're away somewhere. Um, if not, we um, she'd commute to work, and work in Brisbane for Monday to Friday, and stay up here for the week. And yeah, it was a huge commitment by both of us, but it was a huge commitment by her to do that. Yeah, very much. Mm, yeah, very supportive. Yeah, it was it was full on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, yeah. How but, long until going, uh, you know, back to uni, but just became normal? Because uh, uh, I guess if you if you go back to you know leaving yep. secondary school, starting your apprenticeship and going, I I ain't cut out for adulting, mm. right? So we're kind of doing the reverse now, yep. right? In a weird way, only we because are. only because of who you're surrounded by, not yep. not not for what you're trying to achieve, because yep. you're trying to you know learn and be educated. So, from that point of view, but but who you're surrounded by, and one of the you know one of the sayings is you you know you become who you yep. surround yourself with. So, at what point or how did it become normal? I guess when did it become normal? Probably after the first eleven grand. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> After the first trimester. Yeah. So first trimester, um, I struggled. Yeah. I struggled. I come from being a boss, yep. being a manager, being a, you know, um, wasn't like the manager, manager, there's people always above, yep. but I was autonomous. I was working for myself. I was doing the things, you know. 
to being in that environment where uh, essays, um, word counts, um, creative writing, everything. Uh, the, the first period of time, she did most of it for me. Yeah. Like I'd write the basics of it out and then Annie would write, you know, the structures. I, I wasn't a good student. Then something sort of – I wanted to do it. And, you know, if you want to do something, you've got to commit. And I, I want to do it and I committed. And, yeah. um, but, but at the same time, a lot of people around me weren't committing. So yeah. – I, that, that intake I told you about on that first week of February, we had 28 students. By the time I finished that place, there was only me and Elsa, another student left out of that first intake. How about that? Yeah. That was it. So everyone's falling like flies. Yeah. So you, and, and this is the thing that frustrates me to this day, and I spoke to someone about it on the weekend, was like you, you don't go there probably so much for the education. You might get a bit of education, but nowadays with things like YouTube or online study and everything, you can – get a lot of stuff you know or hard skills you know but the network of people but when it's such a transient culture within design um, within the creative world you, you miss out like a lot of those people especially in that area like with international students or um, you know the first year out of school they pulled out yeah. like I did at my apprenticeship yeah. um, so I don't have that big group of creative people to bounce off yep it's one of the biggest regrets to the whole thing. And I guess uh, the big yeah. group of creative people as well, once you finished, yep. started working for yourself directly? Hadn't Didn't work for anybody else or...? No, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so I had uh, M33 photography, uh, photography opened up before that. Yep. So before I went in, like the last probably year of working in the engineering field... I had the photography business. wasn't doing any major gigs or anything, but it was a hobby and I'd done like – I've been lucky with opportunities, I guess, but I did like Rugby World Cup, like the Samoan team for their jersey presentation. Yep. No idea how, just a relationship, network, and it worked out. Um, so I had that started and then M33 production. I had morphed into productions from photography which you would have seen my email change over time. Yes. Because photography was just that facet of that business. So productions incorporated, you know, audio, visual, sound, every, like everything in there. Um, yeah, so I had that going and then I had to basically build that up. And, uh, yeah, it was start that. I tried to work with, like if you look at, say, the Gold Coast, the Gold Coast has got a fantastic creative hub. Mate, I tried so much to try and fit in or, try and get a job there. I tried through my uni. I tried personally. Um, I tried every avenue, but the door was shut everywhere. Like it just, unless you grew up in a clique or something, it just, I just couldn't get in. It was really difficult and it, yep. it, it sucked. Um, so I just was like, I'm going to push for, and this is my own being as well. This is who, who I feel I am. Stuff this, I'm just going to do my own and just, you know, if I can do anything to try and like, I had a young guy uh, come and help us at Dust Hustle Film. Like, just open the door up to that next person coming through. Like, here's food, drinks, water. Be welcome. Like, yep. Like, like you guys do for me here. But I, that's the biggest thing I found. Where it's like everything's so closed door because you're worried about someone taking your thing. Like, 
just do a good job, build the relationships up and it'll be fine. And I don't know if that was the reason or I'm just people don't like me or something, <laughs> which could be that. But, mate, it was hard to find work between Brisbane, Gold Coast, Byron. Um, but here we are, you know. A few I guess especially later. coming into that field. As a newbie, an adult. As an adult. Yeah. New, as you say, yep. not from an earlier age with a network. Yeah. Um, people are just, you know. Yeah, and who who is it? Who's this guy? Like, yeah. I'm as 38 now. I'm 18 years above the best range of people that are making videos now. Yeah. Like I look at um, one of my one of my friend's daughters in grade nine, basically did the same courses I've just paid seventy one thousand dollars for in grade nine. Yeah. She can make the same things I can make at grade nine. Um, so you can imagine what a 20 year old coming through now, how good they are. Mm. What, why would you? Why would they look at me to, to get a job? Oh, they're they're born into it. I mean, I've just uh, yeah. watched the last uh, podcast that you um, oh, released. Lachlan Ephes. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's twenty two, I think. He yeah. Said, that? Yeah. And born into yeah. social media, born into yep. computers. You know, I'm considerably older than you, and uh, <laughs> a long way away from. I'm a proud light as uh, as you know <laughs> but um the oh, you know uh, just born into it yeah working with it uh, so if someone's you know new to it and trying to employ somebody they just go here's this kid as opposed to yeah when you finished your degree 33 um yeah. 30, mid 30s, mid 30s, pushed late over over that, and yep. yeah, so it is. It, it it's been really difficult to, to try and grow that, but um, we have yep. been very diverse in what we've done, um, but we have, yep. and uh, you know, uh, now it's just yeah, just get those right people around you, and like say say Max that we had the other week, like. It's like, mate, you're working with. We had Emma McFerrin, yep. Nitro Circus person. We're gonna have like, just try and make them feel comfortable, so it's easy for them to like. He, he's he's a eighteen or nineteen, first or second year film, um, just to make it easy for them because they're gonna be smarter than me, no doubt. But come and work with me. I, I can build relationships. I can do that. Let's grow this thing together. Like, or whoever we can we can do that with. I, I just don't find people that close doors. I, I don't like clicks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Does my head in. Totally get it. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's, yeah. That's where Especially when you're not that way inclined, you know, as no. you say, uh, potentially control freak, yes. Yeah. But here's the wheel. But, you know, let's go. Yeah. I'm happy to share it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. that's that's a bit of it. So, yeah. No, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, to, to come from, you know, as you say, diesel mechanic fitter, yeah. sure what they describe them, you know, through to the engineering, um, coal mines, saws. Byron, that would have been an absolute classic. Oh, you know. I was. They should have filmed you going through the first uh, week at, uh, at, I was about to say school, uni. Well, it was like school, though. Yeah, and they could have made a documentary on that. Oh, yeah. they really could have. But I think I adapted well, like I... I tried to. Like I put put my effort in. Yep. Because it was costing a lot. Yep. There's no free ride. Um, yeah, so it was costing a lot, so I had to commit. And um, yeah, but the first week, it was, it was funny though. 
So, so one of the reasons, uh, as we said at the start, one of the reasons who is Mick and yep. you know, what does Mick do is obviously the podcast. Yeah, you know, uh, it's going well. It, it's you, some of the guests. Yeah, that it's a who's who. I mean, especially in the motorsport side. I know that you've said that it, it doesn't have to be motorsport. And I know it's not. There's you know you've had people from adult entertainment and yeah. um, you know some ridiculously uh, successful business people world champion motorsport people you know rugby league Corey yeah. uh, all sorts of, of different guests what's you know that's one part of your business it's not you mm. know it's not it's not who is Mick, but this is that's what led people to say to me. What else does Mick do? And, and get yeah. asked, and yeah, we spoke about it. Is there plans? What are your plans? What are your goals with the podcast? And then I guess what are the goals with uh, the rest of M thirty three productions? Um, say business side, I'm happy. Like it genuinely. Like I'm pretty simple. Really, I, I, I like I like to holiday on things. Like if we can work holiday or whatever, that's the main thing, and be be comfortable to do things. So, uh, it, it it's just to enjoy the experiences. That's to to be really honest. It's to have my business succeed, but to enjoy the experiences, like the people and the things I get to work with, are things that I love. Yep. Like I'm so so lucky. Sometimes you film something and you. You know, the old saying, you got your ass hanging out. You know, dust hustle day was a perfect day, right? Yeah. But you're sitting there, you're like, this is a pretty cool thing. Like, that 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 kid that was working in a pit on a truck would never think that this would be a job. Yep. Um, so just continue to grow that. More of those opportunities, more of those things. Uh, there's more things with the podcast I want to do. I want to grow it further into, it is the talk and chatter experience. I thought of talk and chatter. You thought of experience, right? That's true. Yep. The experience originally, like when we, it, it's really funny actually. I, I don't write too much. I'm a terrible writer, like as in written. Yep. I can write, but it's not great. So my A4 notebooks from everywhere, from school all the way through, are pretty empty. So I can use the same one for a bit. Anyway, I had to write some notes in a meeting a couple of weeks ago. I look back and I had my notes from when I first spoke to you about this. Yep. And, you know, two and a bit years on, it's exactly how I wanted it. Yep. You know, all the things. Be respectful. Um, have something that people can listen to in their car with their family. You know, there's a big group of notes. So I want to continue on that tact. But I want to try and get outdoors more. Um, we originally were taking people for rides on the Harleys. That was a cool – that's a cool thing. It's cool in the first year of COVID because people have more time. Yep. As, as the world's gone on, it's been harder. Um, but to do more of that sort of uh, outdoor stuff, like I don't want to probably get into the one particular thing that I'm working on at the moment. Yep. But, um, yeah, working on something like that and more seeing how, how good motorcycling is in the community and trying to build it because there's a few things I really love motorcycling is right at the top of the you know the top of the pops um i want more people to see motorcycles uh and how good they are they get portrayed in a funny light to people sometimes and they shouldn't 
because they're bloody awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, they really are, you know. Like I've seen the worst of the worst with the thing that happened to my dad. But he still rides, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's some of the things that I want to try and do. And I want to try – I'd like to, you know, we haven't touched on road racing, but I'd like to try and get back. Maybe – I've got a track light. I'd like to maybe try and get back into maybe a bit of racing. So, but that's, that all depends on work too. How um, – there's no reason why you can't combine them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Um, how many bikes do you currently own? Um, <laughs> so I've got a Husqvarna. I've got my cat. Because I'm selling them all. Just putting the asterisks out there. Husqvarna. I got my KDM. So now's the point where you've got all of the your professional photography in the video for the podcast with for sale contact Mick on. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a digital ad coming. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Husqvarna KDM. I got my CR. I got my G6R thousand track bike ZX10. I think that's it. Yeah. Anything, not bad. anything else hidden here? No, no. That's pretty, that's... pretty fortunate. I've got a storage facility because <laughs> <laughs> my home is not not another. It's a place. um. It's a good mix of bikes. Yeah, it again. does. Does everything, like. Yeah, like I've got a ZX10. So, how are we going for time? Mate, we've got. I haven't even checked. Oh, shit, look at that. Six o'clock. We've been going for a fair while. Um, the ZX10. Because everything I've got comes with a story just about. Go. <laughs> you, you do the story. I'll um, just get us a, a beverage. All right, cool. So, in the ZX10. So, I lived in 30, 30 something houses. Along with that, I had, I don't know, 60, 70 bikes across the time, you know. So I'd, I'd never hold on for things too long, apart from a couple. The CR's one. So the CR, I bought it in, yeah, 2003, 2004, around that era that I said about when we started racing again. <sighs> so I got that. I sold that to my friend Mick. So that's that CR that's out here. Yep, Okay. Sold it to him, and about a week later, it did a big end. Oh, right. like, oh no! And I, and I'm not like I'm, you know, like I said, respectful, loyal. They're the if you're going to say traits, they're the things that I want to be. You know, yep. like oh man, I'm so sorry. He's my, my mate from one year old, you know, so he blew it up. It must have been his fuel mix. It couldn't have been something I did. Uh, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> but um, so. It sat for a bit. <clears throat> he got it rebuilt, and then he, he didn't ride it for for very much. You know, maybe a couple of tanks of fuel. So I bought that back. Sat in my shed. Sat in Josh Farrell's shed. Ride Design Co. Josh. Yep. Uh, sat in my other mate Jono's shed. We, we gradually rebuilt it over five years, and that's to a point now that won't sell. Yep. You know, I'll ride it, but I won't sell it. So that's you know, love it. ZX tens. Um, I had one when I was like. 23 or something. There's this second bike after the Fireblade, I think. After that, or third bike after that Fireblade that I had, the Aerion. It was cool. It was an X, I think it might have been Shannon Johnson engine, okay. ZX10, 04 yep. ZX10. And um, mad thing, 185 horsepower, 170 something. So kilos. nearly enough. Yeah, like yeah. it was madness, <laughs> you know, awesome bike. And uh, got stolen Easter. I had vehicles stolen. I had to shot around with things. Yeah. and. Uh, it got stolen Easter Saturday on a test ride. Mate, there's a theme between yep. you, mm -hmm. religious holidays, 
yeah. and your vehicle's being stolen. Yeah, Christmas Day and Easter <laughs> Saturday. So the, sec- the second one was on a test ride. So I had, um, I bought an R1 that, had I raced it? No, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I'd raced, I'd raced this R1, okay? So Queensland Road Race Championships and I'd rode it off. So I was going to put it back on the road. So I bought the Chinese fairings and everything. And I thought, I'll use this as my, because it, it was a fire breather. It was a cool, first of the Big Bang R1s. Um, but I'm going to sell my ZX10. It's time to sell that ZX10 and it's got heaps of Ks on it. Start, they have, like the radiators were starting to break out. And just, just starting to fatigue. Um, guy rocks up in footy short Saturday afternoon. Um, just a dude. I was riding, like I, I know when we've spoken, you've said to me about when you're riding all the time how things are really easy. Yep. I was riding all the time. Dirt bikes, mini bikes, push bike. Good. Okay. And um, he rocked up, flongs the footy shorts. Ah, we'll just go for a test ride together. No dramas. So in the state that I was living at that time, rock out on the road together. I was on the R1. He was on the ZX10. I thought, oh, I'll, just, I'll be able to keep up with him. I'm in short, I'm in shoes and everything anyway. And, uh, yeah, he rocked out and bang, opened up the taps. And where I was living at the time was off um, one of the main roads around here and went over this bridge and I seen 100 my speedo, I think it was, or 109, sorry, allegedly. And um, he he bolted past oh. that. Um, big Bang R1, you know the sound of those. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Awesome bike. Yeah. had uh, twin Yoshi pipes up under the seat. Um, there's a motorcycle um, officer coming the other way. I picked both hands off the bars. I'm like, stop. Didn't look. First time ever, I reckon. <laughs> when you want them. <laughs> I'm doing 190. I'm a bad guy. Come in let's have a I'm chat. Like, <laughs> so that was gone. And I'm like, this is Easter Saturday. I'm like, oh, geez, that's a bummer. So, yeah, that happened. Uh, it went through cameras with my plates on. Went through. Like, I, I reported that night. Mm. Um yeah, 100 and something k's an hour it got caught on one of the bridges on, uh, on the highway. And then about three months later, after I'd been paid my insurance, they found it in Deception Bay in a house. Yeah, okay. um, yeah so that was gone. But ever since then, I went looking for a 04, 04 ZX10 because I really loved the bike, even though I was selling it. And um, yeah, found another one um, just after I did my shoulder last time again. Flew to Canberra in the sling and um, rode that home. Brilliant. That's cool. So, so that's another it, bike. I mean, it is day. a. It is a noted touring bike, really. Oh yeah, yeah. especially when you like it was <laughs> with funny. a busted up shoulder. It was funny when you. I remember you. You called me up. I was in Oberon. He's mm. like, "You're like, what are you? What are you doing?" Because I, we're, we're that sort of mate that we run pretty much every purchase through each other. Yeah. You know, and I'd spoke to you earlier in the week, and you're like, "Oh, that looks like a pretty good thing," you know, especially at that time, COVID time, and that price wise. And um, what are you doing? I'm like. I'm in Oberon on the way near Bathurst on the way back. It's like, oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I rode, up, I rode home and love it. I've only done a couple of thousand Ks on it since that time, but that's there's two bikes in the, in the stable that will stay. Good. And it's the CR and that. Yeah, good. Because of that younger kid um, fun, fun that I had on them. Um, if I could find an Aerion blade that's in good nick, yep. 929, yep. that would be another one. Same deal. I, I was at Honda yeah. when they were released. Oh, yeah? Oh, one. Yeah. They were yeah. beautiful. Oh. The actual bike, take away the decals and stuff on them, yeah. the Aerion was just a sweet package to yeah. ride. Yeah. So I put 45,000 Ks on it in the first six or seven months. Brilliant. Just rode, rode. Like, 
You know, you, in that age, we ride every night. Yep. You just ride somewhere. That's what it was. Just go somewhere. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, thank you for allowing me to do a who's Mick. No worries. I think we've just uh, touched on it. There's a fair bit oh, more. There's... I haven't... Um, haven't used half the or haven't even used ten percent of the stuff that really? Annie gave me to uh, to to sort of hit you up about. Wow. Um, we might do that next time for yeah. Who's who's Mick Part Two? Because we ha- literally haven't spoken about road race or no. Oh, we've got to do, let's do road race. Why? From because <laughs> I really want you yeah to put your chest out mm-hmm. and. Tell me yep. about what championship did you win? And <laughs> oh, jeez, because yeah, because we speak crap about motorbikes and yeah, riding and motorbikes all yep. the time. You know, um, it's a little bit of banter going on about upcoming track days and etc. Mm. etc. Et so you're a yeah, I mean you're a, a, an awarded motorcycle <laughs> rider. Yeah, well, it's true. Like it, and and, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, like I, I genuinely am. Like I never thought I'd like I never never was fast, but it's okay, you know. And I got into doing track days in 2009 yeah. on the like road track days after doing Supermoto because Supermoto went through like a blossom page. Like you know, Wayne Maxwell was riding them. Everyone like like every superbike rider in Australia was riding Supermoto. Herfoss was riding it like. And then it just the tap turned off supermoto, yep. so I got rid of the supermoto machines and everything. And um, like Jono and I were the last time we rode supermoto was at Morgan Park, and we smoked every superbike. It was un, it was the bit four fifties because yep. they're so manoeuvrable and that. Yep. And just the group we're in, we weren't in the fastest group, but it was just fun. So we gave up the gave up the supermoto track days and all that stuff. Uh, went road racing. I uh, went to track days. So first track day, went to Sydney Motorsport Park, Eastern Creek, as it was called at the time, G6R1000, uh, I think at that period. Set of super courses on, Pirelli. Thank Pirelli. You. <laughs> There's a mad connection yeah. there as well. But yeah. 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 Um, and then, uh, yeah, went to their wet track, green tyre. <laughs> like, it's my first ever track day. But it was good. Did that. Did that. Did a few, a few track days. Like, just first time you do it, it was just like, this is... When I'm not good at dirt stuff, I'd sort of found what my home was, if that made sense. Yep. I was like, ah. And I was always pretty handy with the road stuff and whatnot for those 10 odd years I'd ridden prior. Ah, this is cool. So I went out and entered the Queensland Road Race Championships in 2011 after two years of track days and stuff. Um, going o- it was going okay, like, to start with. Uh, and then, yeah, I wrote my R1 off, like, at Morgan Park um, in Friday qualifying Queensland Road Race Championship. And we just found a good setup for it too because – Well, were, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was just starting to get fast. But they were a pig. Like they were a real yep. pig to ride and everyone said it. Um, like even the weight I was, I was probably around the same build, everything at that time. I, my, my build hasn't changed since I was four, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I was born at this sort of size. <laughs> born but, a lump. Yeah. So a lump, yeah. Coming out um, that last, like, 11 and 12 at Morgan Park, you used to think, like, pick the front wheel up and then, it, like, 
It was like the Rossi years when you seen him on the Duke or the Stoney years, you know. Yeah. Like he used to do that all the time and we finally just dialed this thing pretty well good, you know. And I come up to turn two at Morgan Park, setting respectable club times, you know, yeah. and still respectable now club yep. times, you know. Um, like club racer. And, uh, yeah, just come in and just lost the front a bit and um, slid underneath it and I actually broke my kneecap as well. And I wasn't doing road racing much at this point. So was there by myself, um, R1 cartwheeled off the, like just off the track over the ripple strip there before the bridge. Um, as I rotated, I hurt my knee, but I didn't realise at the time, but I bit my lip as I went to hop up, I fell backwards. Oh, this thing hurts and got up and loaded it back on and I got to the Hungry Jacks in town, I remember, memory, clear as day, got to the Hungry Jacks in town and ordered some ice in a cup just wrapped it in a thing, cable tied it to my knee because my knee was starting to blow up at this point. It was when the rugby, I'm guessing it was well, rugby World Cup was on. So I thought, screw all this. I'm going to go party in town. So I drove back to Brizzy, went out in town and the thing just... Bang. Yeah. So MRI and, yeah, I cracked the kneecap underneath, and broke the tore meniscus and did a bit of damage yep. to the damn thing, but no surgery, which was being awesome, you know. So I gave up racing, like, but still did track days, you know, after that for a bit. 2014, like, I just wanted to road race. I just, that's all I wanted to probably ever do, really. But it was hidden amongst dirt bikes, yep. and that was what I could afford to. Um, the SV series was just taken off, which is now going to be called Super Twins, basically. Yes. And uh, I bought one from, you know, that Performance Bikes in Melbourne? Yes. Michael, whatever his name is. Bought a 2012 for 1400 bucks, stat right off. And uh, he showed me there was nothing too bad with it. Got it up here. There was nothing too bad with it. I'm like, 1400 bucks. This is unreal. So Jono and I built that bike up and um, it started off as a lambs bike, it turned out. So on the on the dyno, it made like 37 horsepower or something. There's nothing. I'm 115 kilos or whatever. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to go real well. I just, you know, two years ago, I was on a 185 horsepower yeah. R1. So um, a little cheat on those. Allegedly, for the lambs people <laughs> listening, but the pink Fuahe you can cut, you can open the. It's Opens very, it up. very easy to yep. do. So, allegedly, don't do that at home. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, opens it up. So that was one thing, and then we over three years we basically developed it to a point that it was quite healthy, and um, you know I started my first session was a minute thirty eight on a uh, SV at Morgan Park in two thousand fourteen. By the end of it, I think it was a twenty five or a twenty six yeah. there, and. Um, in 2016, so the year that I quit my job and everything. Um, and I got second in the Queensland Road Race Championship and was the seventh highest point scorer in road racing in Queensland. So I got the seven plate to run. Oh, how about that? For 2017. Yeah. But I quit working. So, <laughs> so I. Uh, Do you reckon if you were hypothetically to go back to road racing next yep. year, that'll allow you to use the no. seven? No, it was just for that year only. But I've still got, a, I've still got the plate at home and the year that I... It's quite this, a famous number, the seven. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. it's had the good ones on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and like the, the guy that I lost to that year won the Vic Road Race Championship, the New South Wales Road Race Championship and the Queensland one. Oh, good pedal. So he's going, he's yeah. going good. Yeah. And um, so I'm pre- I'm, I've never won anything. But I was really proud of, of it. It was a good achievement. Yep. And, um, yeah, the, the year where I, I succeed, like I'm a photographer by trade now, I guess you'd say. We didn't get trophies. We got photo books. 
Yes. So I got a photo book. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a photo book. But the other thing the club did and like super grateful for it too, they um they didn't like no racing gets prize money anymore, but they gave their um, people that were podium first, second, third in the classes, they gave them two entries to the year, three entries for the first place, two entries for second place, and an entry for third place. Oh, that's pretty good. So I got three entries into 2017, but I didn't have the money because I went to uni. But awesome way to finish what I what it's not a racing career, but for me it was the end of that racing chapter, yeah. um, and I turned that tap off. So we did the Pan Am track days. Uh. <laughs> so, and um, yeah, so we did Pan Am track days this time last year. Yep. Since then, I bought a track bike, and um, I'll, I'll do I'll do some sort of race. I bought a race license, and I'll do some sort of racing. Yeah. 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 I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Uh, it's very cool. It's um that G6R needs to make a track day appearance at Phillip Island in December. I think yeah. I know somebody that might have some track days booked in down yeah, there. Yeah, it, it really does. It's they they may have uh, booked a pit to themselves because they're not a very sociable person, so there'd be room in that pit. Oh, that's uh, all right. Uh, yeah. for, for yourself, the colourful stig and the uh, unsociable one. It's a good way to spend five days, uh, sorry, pre-Christmas. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. I, uh, I, just, I just got some tyres for it um, last week. Yep. So... Tires on are pretty good at the moment. I've probably got another half a day. Yep. Well, there's another day and a bit in it, but yeah, I, I'm of the firm belief, like, and I never was, like, I always was running the second-hand tires, and I still mm. will, but like, just if you're gonna travel to Melbourne or something, just make maximise your opportunity because you're outlaying so much time and effort and everyone else's investment in you or whatever to go do it. Yep. So I've got. Probably half a day, really, in them, or flog them off, or whatever. And I've got another nice sets there, yeah. ready to go. And uh, I'm ready to, I'm, I'm ready to do track days. Yeah, good. Uh, so yeah, let's do it. Perfect. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. What else? I reckon. I reckon we're pretty covered. I, I mean, I've got a. There's a few things there for Manny, but I don't. I sure think we don't can. I think we can. Oh, no, I, th- I don't think so. I think we'll we'll do them next time because I think um, it's been fun making you sweat on it, and then oh yeah, I can make you sweat on it for the next time now. Yeah, I um, was it all right? Was it interesting? The chat, yeah, it's good, man. It's good. I uh, I mean, clearly we've sat down and spoken for two hours. Two hours. Yeah. Um. You know, I I think. What you're doing and and the path and the and and what you said there about you know the corporate and the travel and this that and the other and flying and having coin and doing you know, mm. but then just going, but no, it's not right. I need to do something yeah. and I need to do something, uh, and to be able to then combine, you know, an interest, a passion, with work. I mean, well played, brilliant, well played to you and Annie. Yeah. To make it happen, you know, like it's just more people should do it because, you know, I have a a, a, a long term friend that would tell me you, you you're never going to hear anyone on a deathbed say, "Gee, I wish I'd worked harder," yeah. and you know, uh, and so 
yes, to do what you want to do, but make sure that you're enjoying what you're doing. And, and that's, I mean... Yeah. And, and the, other, the other thing is, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure working with you over the last, mm. you know, five years with, you know, whether it's, you know, we met because uh, we met at Dust Hustle. You took a, a photo, which is still my favourite photo yep. uh, that I have. Um, I was riding my diner at Dust Hustle. Um, so don't know how you did. And, ah, oh, made the same way I ride anything with my eyes shut and squealing like a bitch, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> What's a bitch? <laughs> Just throw that terminology. Like a female dog. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And that photo um, is still my favourite favourite photo. And then, you know, we, we were looking for a photographer, we rang you and bang, mm. and this led to uh, not only working together but, but a friendship and just enjoying motorcycling, which is, mm. you know, as you say, I mean, the Pan Ams, I mean, you just rode one at Dust Hustle. Yeah. I, um, you've probably done more off-road riding on one than I have as well, yeah. the racetracks. Quarter mile. Oh, that was the competitiveness. That's the one thing I wanted to touch on. Mm. We have a a, a mutual (laughs) friend, M63, uh, who's a reasonably competitive man, you might say. Yep. If not the most competitive man that I know, very close to it. And you two guys on the the Pan Ams out of our Race Your Mates Day, which you've just done a video for us Mm -hmm. for as well, which is sensational as well, you know. Yep. Um. Banging that Pan Am down. What what times were you doing on that? Eleven six. Eleven six at about one hundred and ninety eight k's. Yeah, that's miles. One hundred and twenty three miles an hour or something. So you're better. Yeah, well, you're two hundred. Two hundred k's an yeah. hour. Eleven six. Yeah, it was. It was do, do, like you know, and this is me. I'm a numbers and stats person. You you as well. But uh, I, uh, you know how I have my heart rate monitor on for everything. Like yep. it's on my watch and everything. That was equivalent to a track day, the 12 sessions, yep. just doing drags. So we did 12. I got caught up in it. <laughs> it was so funny because he's jumped on the bike. He'd been giving you the wind-up all week, yeah? Yeah, he has, yeah. And Because um, we thought we were going to have our V-Rod out there with the air shift on it. Yep. And and you guys were um, you know, trading blows about who was going to teach who how to ride and blah, blah, blah. But then we, you know, for one reason or another, we didn't have that bike there. But we had the Pan Ams and a Fat Bob and a few other bikes. Um, and you two have been trading blows all week. Yeah. And the competitive is in you. I wasn't surprised to see it in 63. But, mate, you had that fucking red mist going. I mean, potty mouth, sorry. But you had that red mist going. Oh, yeah. It was a classic. It was bloody funny. We were blitzing the line. Like, we're coming in the side gate. Just go, go, yeah. go. Swap bikes to make sure, you know. Yeah. Um, you want to win, no matter what you do. Yeah. You want to win. Like if you don't want to win, like why enter? Yeah. <laughs> like and yeah, this I don't know. I I just love competing. Yep. I, I just really love competing. Like I, I really do. I, I it, it it brings something out in people. Yeah. You know, and, and it's good. Like to compete's good. It's healthy, man. It's good. You know, yeah, yeah. And to. We were looking at each other on the line, and no joke, like I mountain bike. Like you called me this morning, I was a mountain bike. Yeah. I, I try a mountain bike. This is part of this new life thing, but like I'll work all night tonight so I can mountain bike in the day. Whereas in the corporate life, I couldn't do that. 
I had to be there between, you know, leave home at six in the morning and get home at seven at night. Whereas now I can hopefully, not every day, but I can go mountain biking at seven till nine and then work till 10 tonight or whatever. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, so I'll mountain bike, you know, and my heart rate will stay at whatever it might be. I'm no fit person, but I try and keep as fit as I can, you know. Um, but my heart rate was about the same. Drag race. What was Blew it? me away. Um, I think I peaked at 163 yeah. or something that day. Mm. But average for the runs was about 100. Like the whole Arvo from when I put the tracking part on was about 140. Yep. And we did 12 consistent bang, bang, it's bang. funny. Uh, uh, you know, it's harder than I'm looks. not into drag racing. I'll, you know, when we have our race your most days, yep. I'll, I'll usually ride. I didn't ride at this one, but... Um, it's hard to believe that, you know, you're doing 11 seconds and you do 10 runs, 12 runs. Yep. You've essentially done two minutes worth of work on the bike. Right? Yeah, yep. And how exhausting is it? Oh, mate, it was it was incredible. And yep. I, 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 spoke, I spoke to Rob afterwards. He, he asked me, have you done much of this before? Uh, I've done it a couple of times. I actually did it on my CR when I first got it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and I've done it a couple of times and stuff, but... Never as many as that that day, especially in the daytime. Testing tunes always at night time, a bit cooler. He goes, it's harder than it looks, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, it is. And it is. You know, like it's just the – try not to have the like the rev limiter. Just trying to get everything so silky smooth and it is harder than it looks. Um, especially when you're riding next to a buddy who's – On the same thing. The same bike. Yeah. Same tires. Incredibly and capable. A very handy pilot. Mm. Very handy and um, ultra competitive. Yeah. Like 15 out of 10 on the competitive scale. Yeah. And, and it was, uh, you know, it was cool. And I, I'm not, I don't want to talk down to anyone, but the, the starts, yeah. like the first start that I did, because I filmed for two hours before. I thought, I'll film, 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 get as much footage as I can, and then we'll ride. But, um, it's going to come across with ego, but the first start, like against the, whoever I was against, the first one, I was like, man, this is sick. I've actually won this at the start, and it's all in the start. The yep. start means so much. But, yeah, after those then lining up against him, I haven't won this at the start because <laughs> <laughs> he can start too, yeah. you know. But that's the thing. There's so much to do. Yep. And, um, yeah, love, love the opportunity of doing it. And uh, I don't know. I'll do it again. Like. Yep. Well, we're I doing would, it on it uh, October 29th. Is it? Yeah, Ooh. locked in, which is, I think, the weekend before the next Arse Hustle. Yeah, right. I, I'm pretty sure, my, you know, my memory's not like yours. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 29th sounds good. But yeah. it's definitely the 29th, and I think the Dust Hustle's the following weekend. The mm. the, the um, North. North Brisbane one. Dust Hustle 13. But to touch on, I, I think, the work thing too, like, and without getting too soppy about it or nothing, but like things like say COVID, like coming out of uni, the time COVID sort of started mm. and start a business in that time. And my business is a very events focused business with film. It was really <laughs> silly in the way like we just didn't know that that would happen, you know, none of us knew. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you guys here, like the first sort of week were like, how's your work? I'm like, oh, <laughs> not a lot. Come and film all the bikes in the shop. Yep. Do we at that point, March twenty twenty, April twenty twenty, we didn't know if we could get customers in here or nothing. Mm. So the relationships like that one, there's another guy, Dave Maddock. Um, between you, you guys getting that going, 
we wouldn't like none of no opportunity would have led to nothing. Like you know what I mean? Like we we wouldn't have been we moved back to Queensland because of the work you guys offered us to do. Um, Dave in the South work has helped out just so much. It's been incredible. Um, it's just real hard. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's just you don't realise the opportunities you get until you just fall on it and you're like, oh, man, that's unreal and yep. I'm surviving, I'm surviving, you know. Um, yeah, it's not take it for granted. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. So you got us through COVID though. <laughs> oh, I mean, in a way, yeah. that was like shit. What do we do? Well, here? Yeah. A small part of it, but it helped. Small part of it, but it, yeah. it, it, it's you know we needed to have that work done. It was the same thing, yeah. So yep. yeah, yeah. It, it's just you know, as I say, it's a small part of it, and it's it's good fun along the way. I mean, how, how better to to go to yep. work, enjoy what you're doing, and do it with people that you enjoy, yeah, hanging out with. Well, you look at the first night, COVID time, right? Yeah. That we filmed the bikes. It was you. It might have been Ash that was working here yes. at the time, myself. We filmed it. We had a pizza. Because yep. we didn't know what the world was doing. Mm. It was weird. Like it was, and, you know, yeah, you enjoy it. And, yeah. and I, uh, yeah, it's such a fun thing to do. And filming for me now is, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm getting more creative. I, I was never, I'm a literal person. I keep telling myself I'm a literal person. There's a little creative side that's yes. actually in there. And that little Byron bit's coming through. It's there. It's there. <laughs> it's so Which is good. good. It's good. It's so good. Well, I I mean, Byron's not that far from where you, uh, you know, where you spent most of your, your childhood right. at, uh, at sunny downtown Ballina. Yeah. You know, so, um, no, very cool. Very awesome. Cool. Thank you, Mick. Hopefully, um, you know. Yeah. Um, You've enjoyed our little chat. I've certainly enjoyed it. It's once again... Two hours and fifteen minutes or something. Jesus. Uh, thanks, thanks, mate. And you know, um, for those that are listening, thanks for listening. If if you're interested, thanks for listening. I'm sure there's some things there that uh, you didn't know or did know or whatever. But uh, yeah, and all those people that helped along the way. It's been. Uh, thank you so much. Good. Well, that's it. It's a wrap. Um, I'm wearing a Toby Price shirt. And one of my favourite bits out of your podcasts. Oh, no. Thanks for coming along. Is that what he said? What did he say at the start? Oh, mate. Um, I'm sure he loves it. And you said, oh, thanks for having you. No, thanks for having me or something like that. Bloody sensational. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for having you. Thanks for coming. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, what a, a, like, yeah, just, you know, he's a friend, but um, what a champion. Oh. You know, total. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. Thank you very much. That's all we have time for in today's show. If you get the chance, head over to YouTube and hit subscribe on the Talk and Chatter page. Also, head over to iTunes and give us a star rating and a review there. It all helps to get the podcast out there. A big thank you goes to everyone that's been doing this already, and uh, we'll be back with another show soon.